Hello, everybody. That's where I look. Welcome to The Singer and The Hypnotist Podcast. Thanks for tuning in on this wonderful Monday morning. We have a special guest today. Special. He's special. Oh, you guys. (laughs) Um, This is... Wait, go stand over there and then come on. Oh, yeah. Just kidding. No, no, it's... Hide behind Hadlin. Right there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Look, look, you're... I unplugged myself. Oh. Oh, and we got some... Where does that plug into? Oh, this right is there. this is how this podcast starts every time, kind of like a. Yeah, we already did the the sharing Wait, portion. It's, it's dramatic effect. Yeah, yeah, dramatic. Oh, right. Hide behind him. Just duck. Oh, oh. that's dramatic effect. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Boom. Yeah, Graham Chabot. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, senior. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for uh, showing up bright and early. My pleasure. Yeah. Tell us. Tell us how your day was so far. My my day has been excellent so far. Yeah. I woke up at uh, 6. Nice. Did some stretching, did some reading, did some writing. What are you reading right now? Uh, I'm reading a couple books. I'm reading a chakra cleansing book right now, actually. And okay. I just got... Uh, yesterday was Saul at the bookstore there. Yeah, we both actually bought chakra. So I picked Different up... chakra books. Yeah. yeah, I picked up a chakra book and I was like, okay, this is like a really basic one. Mm. I was looking at it. I was kind of like, I don't know if I need this. Then Graham shows, rolls up and he's like, oh, what's that? And I like just dropped it on he the like, ground. He like threw it at the ground. Not, I was not like, on that's purpose. perfect. It's for, it's for me. Foam? Did it uh, survive that it, fall? It did. It survived the fall. And uh, I mean, okay, so like every, Excellent. all the books at in that section, in whatever section you want to call that, the self-help, the spiritual section, I've got a bookshelf full of like one of everything. Awesome. And I've read most of them. The only ones, I don't know why I've avoided it for so long, but the chakra ones, for some reason, I just yeah. avoided, avoided, avoided. And so Saul yeah. threw that book on the ground, and I was like, That's now's the, the day. <laughs> Today is the day. <laughs> Today is the chakra day. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a good start to the morning. Yep. Yeah, it's a good morning so far. I got up, and I went, uh, every time we do this podcast, which is a struggle for me because I do live sound, so like, uh, when I go to work, I stay up till 2 a.m., but then on Monday morning, we podcast at 8.30 a.m., so it's such a uh, flip for me. So every Monday morning now, I'm trying to, like, last night I went to the bed, the earliest I have for a really long time, mm. that's 11, 11 p.m. Oh. Yeah. Damn. Oh. That's, yeah. that's early. Man. That's early. 11? I wouldn't have been at 11. Wow. In the p.m.s. In the p.m.s. And I woke up at 6, slept till 6.30, I was like, all right, let's get up. And then, yeah, I try to go for a walk before the podcast because I just like to go hang out. Like when you arrived, we mm. stood in the sun for a bit. So just try to get some nature in you and hang out with uh, nature, which is my best friend. And just Aww. go see my what, best what friend. What about me, man? You're my secondary best oh. friend. You'll never, you and nature together. I'll take it. Hadlin, how was your morning? It's pretty good. Yeah. Really, really good. And, uh, yeah, I didn't exercise yet. Wow. That'll be immediately after, though. When did you wake up? Go for a bike ride. Seven. Seven? Yeah. That's late. Yeah, it is. What Damn, time do you yeah. usually get up at? At uh, 5.20. Damn. Yeah. Nice. Early riser. Yeah. You like, uh, you get a lot of work done in the morning then, too? or? Yeah, either early mornings or late nights. For some reason, when everyone else is sleeping, I like... More work. productive then. Yeah. yeah. I'm with you. I don't know totally. what, what I'm that is. Then. You yeah, also exactly you also live in a house with so many other people. Yeah. That 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 totally makes sense. Mm. You know, I have the luxury of living alone. 
And so I can kind of define my own schedule and I'm always alone. I don't, there's never a time when other people, but I understand that like something so goddamn satisfying about waking up at 6 a.m. Oh, it is. It is. It's miraculous, man. Especially yeah. when it's nice out like this. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing better. And when you crush out a bunch of tasks oh. already. Oh, and it's oh. like nine. You're like, yeah. I should be waking up right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's nine. I'm done. Yeah. Exactly. I can go to sleep right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bed. <laughs> well, even, even like, so I'll go for like later walks and I'm walking on the path. And people are like later, at, like in the evening, people are very in their own like, we're, we're walking and we're doing our own walking, but you go walking at 6 a.m. and Everyone everybody's wants to like, say "Good morning, what the hey. hell? What is that about?" <laughs> those are those are my people. Those are like the morning risers are like the people in life who are like, "Yeah, so happy." They're so first, happy. I mean, how can you not be if uh, like first thing in the morning you're up at six, you're up at five. It's like okay, hitting you, the path. Yeah, you know you're gonna have a good day. Yeah. Start that early. Yeah. yeah, and then pretty soon in like a month and a half, you're gonna be getting up at like four. Down. And going to play a round of disc golf. Mm. Disc golf at first, four? First thing in the morning. Yeah. Because when the Ooh, sun's why? just coming up yeah. and it's so calm, you're the only one on the course, it's peaceful, yeah. and the discs just fly perfectly. Dude, cause, so cause you'll go no wind and. You'll go by yourself and just. Uh, or with a couple of buddies. Cool. Yeah. Who are you going to convince to get up at four with you? Oh, I don't have to. They're, they're the oh, ones they're getting me to really? go with them. Yeah. Damn, man. That yeah. sounds really cool. Oh, yeah. Those are good friends. Those yeah. are good friends. No kidding. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. Well, sign me up one day. Okay. I'd love to come. That sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah. 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 I like I like Hadlin pushes me to do a lot of different things. We almost went for a bike ride the other day, but the tires did not inflate. Yeah, we're gonna fix that. We're gonna make that next happen. Time. Yeah. So that I can go. Bike yeah. rides are less good without inflated tires. <laughs> Usually. You won't get very far. No. Yeah, that's true. You can still do them, but that's less true. less good. Yeah. Okay, I want to dive in. I like, we're going to, we could go on this forever, but then, <laughs> forever. We could actually, yeah. And then I think about, I think about the, uh, the length of the podcast. I don't know why this time, but often, because I'm measuring how our other ones have gone in this moment, comparing. Mm. So right away, I know that once we start getting into the questions, there's, I, I already know there's dense answers that we're going to get. So I want to mm. hop right into that. Well, what, how long are your podcasts usually? Hour and a half, two hours. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We, we, like, when we began, I wanted them to be shorter, but there's just they no, just, there's no way. Run, yeah. There's no way. Like, the stuff we get into, it just can't, it can't stay within 45 minutes. That's yeah. a different podcast that I'll do where I do, like, bite-sized stuff like Jim Quick. Yeah. But this, this is for this, where yeah. we get deep. Mm-hmm. There's depth in this. For, for the banter, for the depth, for the... Yes. Cool. So I want to dive in and I want to go right back because this is my brother. So obviously I know him pretty <laughs> decently. 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 So I want to I want to hop back to um, kind of not the I wouldn't it's not maybe not the beginning of your journey, but like maybe a, an opening to self-discovery for you. And I just want you to talk about maybe when you first met acting, when you first mm. And like kind of that process and like what it, what you felt in those times and kind of what it taught you about yourself hmm. that you still hold on to today. Mm, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. I like that. Uh, when I first met acting, okay, I guess it was, oh man. Yeah. Gotta put the drink down oh, for this one. Yeah. This is serious because it's like, uh-huh. okay, well, the first like really uh, 
integral memory that I have with acting was actually a, a totally failed experience, to be honest with you. Um, mom, I don't know what it was, but I had, I had asked over and over again to be in acting classes, and eventually mom decided, okay, I'm going to put you in an acting camp. And so I went to, I won't be able to remember what camp it was or whatever, or act, it was like a six month long course. Okay. And, and at the end of the course, we were going to do a play and then the play was to be performed and that was going to be the, the, whatever, the length of the course. So the first bit of it was all about training and developing the skills. The end was about the performance aspect. So what happened was like, uh, I got really stoked about this right off the bat. I was learning all these weird skills like juggling and like uh, doing Shakespeare stuff and like the strangest. And I had to be probably like eight or nine years old or something like that. So it, doing Shakespeare when you're eight or nine, it's like, well, what am I saying? Yeah. <laughs> but, but I was so stoked about the just just everything, the performance aspect, all of it. Um, so then what it was was I basically... I got really invested in it, and then something happened at school where I, I stopped attending the acting course because it was like once or twice a week or something like that. I totally stopped attending it, and then uh, by the time the performance came around, I got a phone call, and they were like, hey, you know we have a performance coming up. You haven't been around. <laughs> have you learned your lines and stuff? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> cocky little me I don't know so I thought for sure it'd be fine and so uh yeah I went and I did the performance and like fuck you guys <laughs> brutal I'm on stage I'm not even kidding you this is my this is the worst memory of my life or maybe the best I don't know I'm on stage and I actually I don't know what I was thinking I didn't know a single line I didn't know the play I didn't know anything <laughs> about this at all but I'm standing on stage and I'm performing. I'm giving it my all. And what happens is, like, it gets to my line, and there's a, there's a full audience. It's all the people's parents, and it, like everybody's there. And the, I'm it gets to my line, and the whole stage freezes, and everyone else is doing so good. It gets to me, and I'm just like, and I don't know it's my line either. So I'm standing there trying to figure it out, and then I'll hear there's like a person in a tree costume behind me, and they'll be like, da 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 da, -da. and I'll say the line, and then. Gets to my line again. Same thing happened for, seriously, this is a two-hour-long play. Oh, and man. This, this happened. And I was like, I was like, I had to be not a lead or anything, but I was up there. I had a lot of lines that I did not know at all. So that was like what happened was that event happened. And then after it, I was so embarrassed by it happening that I was like, never again, motherfuckers. I will show everybody that I can act. I will show everybody that I that this will never happen again. It was like the most, but weirdly it didn't hit me. Okay, this I gotta finish this story here. At the end, it didn't hit me that what I did until like a week later or something. So I like was so excited after the performance. I like went and grabbed mom and I took her to the back and I was like, look at all this stuff we have here. I was like, look at all these props and this and that. And she's like, Oh, great. <laughs> Weird that you're so excited about this shit right now after that awkward-ass event. She's like, what She's like, okay, at least you're positive. So that, like, that's the first real memory I have of acting, where it was like, oh, shit. How old were you? I think I was nine or ten, eight, eight in, in that range. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Mm. 
Um, I'm, I think there was some stuff before that, but that was like the first one that kind of triggered it. Yeah. And then uh, fast forwarding, like kind of like elementary school, high school, did you? Yeah. So I'll, I'll just speed you through it. So like um, basically grade three, we did a play called Tammy and Tommy Twitchy Fingers, which I got really excited about. It was basically this, there's a screen, uh, uh, like a cardboard box pretty much that's made to be like a television screen. And the whole idea is there's a couch up front, and on the couch is Tammy and Tommy Twitchy Fingers, and they're switching through the channels. Mm. And so there's actors that just basically pop into the screen and do their part and then go off. And as Tammy and Tommy get more twitchy, yep. the scenes start twi- going faster, faster, faster. So you're flipping through all this stuff. Mm. So that was one that was really cool. That, was, that kind of got me reinvigorated for it. Uh, we did... So there was like multiple stories. There, then, hey? Oh yeah, that was every a cool channel one. goes to a, different like, story. Then you like continue a story that you heard yeah. earlier. That's yeah, super. It cool, was really actually. cool actually. I, I think that play is like very well known, but I, hmm. I could be totally wrong on that. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, we oh, in oh, we did like the reindeer rock something in like grade two. But okay, just the important ones. <laughs> Screw those. Ones. Real quick, as yeah. you're as you're talking about yeah. those, I remember those. Oh yeah, in my, for sure. Only in my subconscious though. For, oh yeah, for sure. Just like faintly. Because you were at every play I've ever done, probably. Probably. Well, most of them anyway. Mom dragged me to everything. Yeah, in the elementary school days, anyway. Yeah. Probably high school too. High school. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dude, some of your high school performances. Yeah. Yeah. There was some good ones in high school for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. So. The next one was grade five. We were going to do Julius Caesar. This is kind of like the moment when I was like, I really started to love acting. I was like, I, there's something about this that I felt really compelled by. And um, I had this teacher, uh, Mr. G. Um, we were going to do Julius Caesar. He told it, he said this to everybody at the start of the year. So I started doing research right away. I was like, who do I want to be in this? And I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be... Brutus. I have to be Brutus. Brutus is the guy. Not. I'm not sure. I should probably look into that to see like what the underlying <laughs> uh, subconscious messages in that. But Brutus, I, w- I needed to be him. He's one of the leads. I wanted to be him so bad that I harassed Mr. G all year long until we did the play. Like seriously, every yes. single day I'd come to school, I'd be like, so I'm going to be Brutus, right? Brut- I'm, you got to make me Brutus. I'm not, you, you can't let anybody else be Brutus. I am Brutus. And so he did, obviously, because yeah. nobody else That's is... That's how you do it. Yeah, nobody else is showing that kind of gusto. I am Brutus. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> that one, super good. Uh, uh, grade six was like... Uh, oh, man, this is hard to remember all these. Grade six was... I'll skip that one. Seven. Skipping six and seven, I can't remember. Grade eight, we did... Uh, t- uh, it's like a werewolf musical. Yeah. One. What was that? You ain't nothing but yeah, a werewolf. You, you, no. you ain't nothing but a werewolf. You ain't that nothing but a werewolf. That was the song. And it's so literally good. like a grease knockoff so pretty good. much, but with a werewolf instead. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was cool. And then... Musical, man. I, yeah. I was all about it. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really cool one. And then, okay, so basically grade nine, I, I pulled out on it entirely because I went into high school and I was like, meh, I'm too cool for acting kind of thing. Mm. Pulled out, started focusing on basketball. Really just wanted, I don't, I don't know what I was doing at that time. And then in grade 10, I still was not interested at all. 
And then this weird turn of events happened where I was hanging out with some actor buddies of mine who they were going to go audition for Peter Pan. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I guess I could do it. Why not? I'm way more focused on basketball. Didn't care at all about yeah. that. So yeah. I was like, whatever. I'll just go to the audition. It'll be fun. So I go to the audition and uh, end up basically auditioning for... I think I read for Peter Pan like one or two lines, but it didn't even didn't cross my mind at all that anything would happen with it. And then I was in class like three days later and the teacher came, knocked on the door. Can I talk to Graham? Brings me out to the hallway. She's like, so how, how are you feeling about like, do you think you can balance the play and, and basketball as well? I was like, uh, probably like I, I thought I'd be a lost boy or something like that. And she goes, she goes, well, uh, we want you to be Peter Pan. And I was like, what? the fuck that's awesome dude yeah and that moment like that kind of twisted everything for me because it was like fuck what yeah because you went in there with like no the mentality like you don't care i don't give a shit just doing this just for fun yeah totally and then that detachment yeah totally worked in my favor Mm mm-hmm and I actually, the, the irony of this is I had a buddy, Jesse Fraze, who I thought for sure, I was like, this guy's perfect for the role. So the whole time I was there, I was like, dude, Jesse, you got to get up there and audition for Peter Pan, man. This is yours. This is your role. And then, like, he was pissed at me for a long time, but I'm sure. But anyway, so that was, that was Peter Pan. But that was, like, really revolutionary for where I was at at the time because it made me feel like... Uh, you know, I've, I've got something here. I'm not really sure what it is, but obviously other people outside of me are seeing something that I'm not seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel really good doing this. So, and, and that the Peter Pan ended up being like, I, I don't know what else to call it, but like a complete flow state play because of the way that the interaction happened between the director, myself, and uh, Michael Preble, who played yeah. uh, Captain Hook. Um, yep. Miss Broberg basically, dude, she, she allowed us so much freedom to play that we did things like, um, we had a sword fight scene at the climax where we played chariots of fire and just did a full on slow motion sword fight scene. I did a fucking backflip off the stage at one point because I had gymnastic experience and she, she was like, if you can do it, let's go for it. Let's try it out. <laughs> I, I was doing like um, during this sword fight, like backflip off the stage. And then I'm like tumbling down the aisles because I could do it. And she was like, yeah, if you can do it, like incorporate it. So her, her freedom and her, uh, her ability to just say yes to whatever yeah. was like, it made it amazing. And I'm, I'm not kidding you. We sold that thing out every single night. Oh yeah. We did a preview of it where we did, um, Oh, what was it? We did the slow motion sword fight scene. And basically that scene, we just previewed it to the school. And from that moment on, it was like Peter Pan, Peter Pan, Peter Pan. You could you could like hear it resonating in the school. People were like, what is, what is this? So yeah, sold it out every single night to the point that they, they couldn't fit enough chairs in. They had, they added bleachers in the back and had people standing around the outsides because they wanted to see it so much. And people wanted to come multiple nights. And it was like, what the hell? As uh, 
I was like, you're talking about this? I'm like, yeah, I remember being at that play. And I was like, oh yeah, I was in that play. Yeah, you were in that <laughs> play, like, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, that's I, what it was, that's what happened. I got pulled you were, you out were of grade eight at the time. I got like an excuse yeah. to like leave class and go be in this high school play. Dang. Yeah. You were, you were a lost boy, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that was cool. Yeah. Was super cool. I remember, I remember now and uh, yeah, like, if I could say one thing about it, it was like the most professional high school play I've ever, ever. seen in my. We we had we had a full on harness. Like at one point in the play, we had our our physics teacher come in and he built a, a flying apparatus where like straight up, like he built it into the stage. And at one point in the play, so uh, when Tinkerbell sprinkles the fairy dust on me. We had like dancers all over the place and one of the dancers just clipped me up and I had a harness underneath my costume and then I just start flying in the middle of the play and it's like, Whoa. what the What hell? school did you go to? Bedford Road. Really? That's, yeah. And that's what I mean. It's I like, you it's don't not, expect it at all. You don't yeah. expect that from yeah. Bedford. No. And that, man, man honestly, yeah. like, yeah, I know. Like, like that, your performance, that whole play, like it taught me so many things that I'm not even really aware of and... I think that also, obviously, that's, you know, probably that was a moment where you were like, oh, this is, uh, this is something that I'm good at. Oh, yeah. It and felt, I need to be a part of. It felt amazing. I don't know. Like, uh, and I, none of it was intended was the, the most amazing part about it. It was yeah. just like totally flow and unexpected. And it's like, okay, this is what we're doing. Yeah. yeah. Is there a theater in Bedford? Yeah, they have like an auditorium. Yeah. It's it's not uh it's no professional theater, but it's pretty nice space, relatively yeah. large. I think you can fit about 500 people in there or so. That's a good size. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And, Squeeze quite a few in. And actually what That's you so what what your class did is you f I'm going to say this, you mm. fucked Bedford right up because Why? because sports your your class maybe it was just you. <laughs> And, uh, no, and, not, not just me. Not just you, but the camaraderie that, that was brought yeah, between, yeah, the, the, you know? The brotherhood of, and, our, exactly. of our grade, yeah. So it was like your sports teams uh, did a lot better and tried a lot harder. The acting court class did a lot better, tried a lot harder. When your class left, that's why Reed and I actually left Bedford. Mm. is because we went one fucking semester there. No, we did grade 10 and you were all gone. And it was like the sports are half-assed. Like... Nobody gives a shit anymore. I'd go see the play and the musical and it's and stuff and like they're trying, they're trying their hardest, but it was like not nothing compared to what you guys did. So it was just like literally that's part of the reason we left because it was like it's like the standard was set and then couldn't be matched or yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. It was just this level of professionalism that everybody tried to strive towards. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So Yeah. It was interesting. It was an interesting moment. Because, because like even yeah. even the next year, even the we did a play called The Music Man the next year, which it was great. It was a musical. It was awesome. But it was to to compare it to Peter Pan was like I don't know. We can't. Yeah. We can't. There's no way. It was a good play, but and we had a different director. Uh, that's what happened. Uh, Mrs. Seamer went on. Um, maternity leave during Peter Pan. So Miss Broberg had the chance to step up and she didn't really have, she didn't have a lot of attachment to the program. So she uh. was, she was able to just be so free with it. Yeah. <clears throat> when Miss Seymour came back, she was so obsessed with doing like a really quality performance that there was no play in it. There was no freedom. There was no 
ability to 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 have fun with it. So it was just like follow the script, do the thing, do your character, sing your stuff, and it was like, well, it's gonna be just an average play if you're not gonna. Well, there, <clears throat> there's the reason right yeah. there. Yeah, exactly. You know, when, the the head of the horse, the head of the snake. You know, yeah. once you no longer have the the leadership, mm. everything else falls apart. Yeah. So I mean, understandably, yeah. that's why you felt that, Saul, when you got to grade ten. Yeah. 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 So true. Yeah. And that's... the culture of everybody and all these different. It's the different com- the cliques or whatever you want groups and. Yeah. Mm. I find it's yeah. the com it's the combination of like you said like the leadership. And then the students and their camaraderie, because again, so you moved to Vancouver and uh, you did an improv class in Vancouver. Uh, oh, um, yeah. In high school. Not, and not an improv class. I joined, it was called the Canadian Improv Games, which okay. is like a competitive improv team. Okay. So yeah. again, again, these, these are, I've seen a couple examples of when Graham, again, you're the joining piece. Of course, there's good leaders and good team, team, but... It's something I've seen again and again in your experience where mm. like if you get the right pieces, what you bring to it mm. elevates the whole experience to this place because I saw it with Peter Pan. Mm. And then I went, I was visiting Vancouver and he had a, a rehearsal with this class and I walk in and I sit down and I watch this goddamn rehearsal and I've never, ever, I've never seen a story flow like that and improvised I was like, this is better than most written things. And like the way your team, what you guys had as a team, I've never seen anything like that ever. Yeah. Ever. It, not, it's not, it's not me. Yes. It's, it's the fact that if, if I'm in a place where I can invest my heart into it, exactly. that, that I'll invest everything I've, I've got, I'll, I'll hold nothing back Yeah. and everyone else sees that and wants to give the same amount they want to match it exactly call it mirror neurons if you want like literally people just want to match and they almost don't even have a choice yeah and then in that scenario again we had scott barnes leading that thing who was like a total same thing as miss broberg freedom Mm. genius the ability to play Mm -hmm. and he had spent his whole life doing improv so he was like this is my baby and so he gave it all this love and attention and there's a lot of other pieces in place. Like we had Julian Colsty, who's even right now yeah. still doing improv professionally. Yeah. He does it uh, on uh, Granville Island. Um, it's a, like lots of good pieces yes. in place. It's, yes. ne- it's never just me. But of course. It's, if the other pieces are there and I can and I can add the heart, yeah. then, oh, yeah, it can, it can work That's really That's exactly nicely. what someone really good would say. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, I'm going to have to say just because mm. I – I don't know you nearly as well, so yeah, yeah. we've had a few interactions, yeah. but uh, I can already tell that you're able to find people mm. that can match your level of uh, energy, mm. and you're able to bring that out in other people. Mm. So, you know, it's not always just the, just the head of the snake, but it's also, you know, the rest if of the... you can match with them and that's a good pair, then everything else follows So as, as like the so captain true. of the... Would you call yourself like the cap? I guess if you're the lead in a play, is that like a captain of the basketball team, so to in speak? In a way, yeah. In, in a way? way, it is. Yeah, yeah, it totally is. It's. I don't. I would never. I don't. I have this weird thing with the the taking credit for anything really, because it's not. I don't. I just feel like I'm channeling whatever. It's not me really. Like I'm 
maybe I have the pieces I've, I was put in this body. I've got the things, I've got this energy that can help bring certain things together. Like I would say one of my strengths is certainly working with people and assisting them in working together for mm-hmm. sure. So I would, I would call myself more glue than anything else. There you go. I wouldn't say captain. I would say something that brings people together if, yep. if I had to put words to it mm-hmm. for sure. I like that. That's really cool. Mm. I think, uh, that's what I strive to do in a band setting is, mm. is same thing. Like, uh, I've come to be more enchanted in my, or like more exaggerated in my movement mm. based on when you play with, with people, everything becomes subconscious. Mm. You start to know each other's subconscious language. You play enough shows together. They literally know when I do a little hand movement like they start to understand on a subconscious level what that means totally totally so they know like oh Saul's they don't consciously know but they subconsciously know Saul's about to do some crazy shit yeah let's go yeah let's get ready (laughs) yeah so small things like that even just like exactly being the glue and then I'll do a thing now I play in this Claire Lessa band so I'm not the lead Claire's the lead Mm. but I back her up I do uh, harmonies I do guitar and it's a thing where like as soon as we're on stage, because now I have the freedom, because she's taking the lead, I can kind of walk around and check on each member, mm-hmm. make sure we're heart connecting. So yeah. Sasha's on drums. Sasha, go look at him in the eyes and like, hey, yeah, let's connect for a moment. Let's be in this moment. Look at Reed. Jam out a little bit. Look mm-hmm. at Corey. Try to look at Corey or Clara and like smile at her and give yeah. her love. Just give, you her, know? give them good energy and get them. Yeah, totally. Just yeah. try to set that set that scene. So like, hey guys, we're here together, we're comfortable, we all love each other, mm. and that's what we're bringing to this room is this love. Mm-hmm. This is our gift to this room in this moment. Yeah. And every time we've played in Claire Lassa Band, people like... Oh, they feel it, man. It's, there's, something, there's something about what you guys are doing with that where the pieces just line up nicely. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but it's one of the, when, when things line up, they just line up. I don't when, know. When you get a good team, yeah. it's magic. Yeah. Good energy, right? Yeah. Because that's like we're not... We're not the most talented band like we're not all like professional high grade like you know it's not it's not about that no it doesn't matter it's about the energy yeah right and that's what again you look at a band like nirvana that's what they had they're not mm. the highest grade of music musicians but they had whole energy pure energy isn't that the thing with uh white stripes where the the yeah drummer girl doesn't even play drums or something like she's that she's just like learning she's just like hitting the kick drum she's just learning right it's crazy and then he he's really good at bringing seeing what she's capable of and bringing that out yeah right so that's sort of similar thing just bringing her up bringing her up right you might be on a team and you might see somebody struggling Mm. well you it's just you're just gonna naturally do this thing where you're gonna go and you're gonna include them and be like hey what do you you know you're going to build them up with your words and try to glue them into the scenario. Yeah. You're not going to isolate them and be like, oh, they're just not keeping up. Let's just move them aside. Yeah. You're going to go, hey, you, come on in this circle. Yeah. Join us. Yeah. Join us up here because yeah, it's join really the magic. fun. Join exactly. the magic. Yeah. Let's do this together. Let's love each other and let's have fun. Mm-hmm. That's the team. Yeah. The team, man. Yeah, so true. So after, so between Peter Pan and... Your improv in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. There was uh, the Music Man in between there, and then uh, what happened was um, so grade grade twelve. I officially went like uh, it's kind of a weird scenario, but my mom 
met a guy through MySpace. Okay. Uh, I know. That's old school. Yeah, it's old, old school. school. Long time old ago, school, guys. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember, like, I would, um, I would come home, and she'd be on the computer. She'd be like, she'd be on MSN Messenger. <laughs> she'd be typing away, typing away, mm-hmm. and just laughing her ass off. And she's just having so much fun, and I could just see the how much love she had in in that moment. And she had kind of been relatively lonely i'd seen that from her for quite a while and it was just like this is an opportunity for her she flew out to vancouver two different times and came back with so much beautiful energy that it was like fuck oh my god this is amazing so uh i remember talking to her at a tim hortons and making this decision being like you know what mom i've decided that i want to pursue acting as a career and i'll go to vancouver with you this year if you want to go and she was like, sounds good to me. So yeah. she tried to convince Saul to come. Saul bailed last she, minute. She, okay. Like straight up. Oh. She, was, she was not going to go. No, I know. All. I know. And Check Saul this out. Like bailed on We've her. We've talked about this recently. I realized I strategically fucked with her because I knew <laughs> she, I knew she, I subconsciously knew she wouldn't go without me. Yeah. So because of that, I felt her energy and I went, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll come, I'll come to Vancouver fully knowing. I'm not, go. I'm not going to Vancouver. And I knew the only way was like, I literally said, yeah, mom, I just want to do my first year right as they're leaving. Like, I just want to do my first year because it's the same class. Like it transfers over full well knowing like, no, I'm not going not to Vancouver. Going. I want to hang out with my friends. Yeah. I got my friends here. We're doing a thing. It's fucking great. I'm staying. So <laughs> boom, she goes, I visit. I get the best time when I go visit. Cause I get to go <laughs> hang out with my older brother and all his dope friends and like, I got introduced to all the fun stuff in that element. Yep. And then I come back with this experience to Saskatoon, <clears throat> such an evolution for me. And, but I did tell her the whole time. Eventually I was like, okay, mom, I'm not, I can't, I'm going to stay here. But then I'd say, but for grade 12. And I told her that early on in grade nine or something, I finally resigned. And I said, listen, mom, I'm going to come up in grade 12. Because she's asking you every time she talked. Every time. Like every single time. Because she feels like a shitty mom not being near you. you Exactly. She feels like her time, we didn't get that much time when we were younger. So she's like, oh, I just want you because she's happier out there. She wants me to see that side of her. She's like, come on, come on. So she'd fly me out a lot. And I told her grade 12. And then I thought I was lying to myself. But lo and behold... That was the that was the truth because I moved out for grade twelve. I followed suit because mm. you moved out for grade twelve, yeah. so I followed suit and did the grade twelve thing. Yeah. And then yeah, we had our time then. So it was all it was it worked, all worked it was out a, in the end. Exactly. But it was like very definitely it had to go that way because there's no way she was gonna go without you. No, she was and she had to go, dude. Yeah, yeah, for sure she had to go. So Saul bailed strategically. Saul bailed strategically. Everything yeah. he just said. Yeah. yeah. And then. Okay, so then uh, we went with. So where where was oh yeah so we went okay so we go um, actually I had diff again I had different intentions I I I kind of really had this obsession with um, with Brit Bedford Road Imitational Tournament yeah. I wanted oh, man. Dude, like the best basketball dude, tournament in Saskatoon unbelievable mm-hmm. and so I had played in it in grade eleven and we had a good team and I was really excited about it and I had put like from grade nine to grade eleven I had put so much energy into basketball that I was like. Man, I wanted to I wanted to come back so badly. So when I went to BC, 
I spent my time doing two things, looking for an agent and trying to figure out how I could get back to Bedford Road. So I found out there was a school, um, West Vancouver Secondary, that was going to be coming this year. Mm. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go to West Vancouver and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to go back to Brit for my grade 12 year. So that's what I was primarily focused on. While it turns out in Vancouver, they have these things called catchments. So a catchment is the location surrounding a school which are allowed to attend that school. Right. Yeah. yeah. So okay. I was not in the right catchment. Mm. So I went through all this this massive process to try and figure out how I could go to this school. I was trying to do overrides and whatever. Long and the short, didn't get into the school. I was like, fuck, whatever. So I go to Carson Graham, and that's where I ended up doing improv. And I kind of, I pretty much dropped basketball because uh, improv started sooner. And just the way it worked out, by the time the basketball season had started, we were, I was so invested in improv and so excited about it that it was like, I'm not, I can't, I can't, um, I just can't give my energy to basketball right now, even though I, I really want to. It was like, no, I, I'm doing this thing. So, so yeah, that, that happened. And then uh, I got an agent pretty quickly. Um, started training out in Vancouver with um, a few different acting schools. Uh, started auditioning, and yeah. Uh, should I just keep rambling about this? Yeah, or what? Well, <laughs> just like in regards to the because I can go, thing, I'll go all day. I'll go all day I can just roll. I think it's pretty cool though, because yeah. you know you want you want acting. Yeah. You went to Vancouver for that. Yeah. But then you're like, oh, maybe basketball. But then. Just, it just didn't work out, yeah. and that's exactly what you really wanted to. I really wanted subconsciously. And that's exactly what you wanted. I know. It, it's like I accidentally detached from the outcome, and that really, really yeah. worked in my favor. So yeah, there are a lot of instances of accidentally detaching and it being like, oh fuck, this so, is the right move. This is actually with what this, I'm supposed uh, to do with this improv group. What what's the biggest, biggest, and maybe the yeah, the, maybe the biggest lesson that you learned that you've been using. Every single time you oh, uh, you improv or act, oh man, that's a that's a that's a good question. That's a good question. The biggest lesson I learned doing improv with that improv team, um, with that improv team, I think the biggest lesson I learned was people like everybody has magic to them. Every person. Like we had, we had nine different people, eight different people on that team, and every person had this very specific role, and it was so clear by like two or three months into it whose role was what, and just to see like, just to see people being able to to acknowledge like, hey, I'm strong in this this area and I'm not strong here, and to step out of the way and to allow the people with the strengths to step forward and take those spots, to me that was what what made that what separated us from everybody else is that our team was so fluid and so willing to accept like no I'm not good at this I'm great at this so we would be doing different scenes or different games and you would just have you'd have like two or three strong players who are like every single time these people are going to take the leads in the scene because we know they're confident we know they can stand at the front we know they can hold their character and then we've got these other people who are way stronger at doing character roles or they're way better at doing um, more specific scenes or more specific games. So they slide in in those instances. That was like the first time I got to see 
it, it was a, a, a jump from basketball to that because they're very similar in that, you know, you've got a shooting guard who's so good at shooting threes. Right. You've got a center who's yeah. taller, right? It's the same thing, but it was like really solidified in my mind where it was like, holy shit, okay. If you work to people's strengths, suddenly you change the game. If you don't try and overcome like your weaknesses, it's like, whoa. Exactly. That, yeah. There's no point. Why Why work on something you're not great at anyway? Exactly. Go yeah. all in on your strengths. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, if we can just, like, talk about the, the different areas. So in your acting group, yeah. how was it sectioned? Like, was it certain people were good at this sort of scene? So what would the type of scenes be? Um, people would be, like, they would excel at this type. And then... Okay, so it, the way it works is, like... Uh, with Canadian improv games, it's broken down into, oh, this is going to be hard for me to remember. It's broken down into a few different categories. So you have to do different types of scenes because it's a, it's a competition. So eventually you go and you're competing and there's judges and they're judging you based on criteria. So there's, I think, five different types of scenes that you do or you can choose between. I think you do three of them. This is going back like 10 years now, so I'm mm -hmm. struggling to remember. So but would it be like comedy slash like yeah, a love scene yeah. or something like that? Yeah, so you've got, so okay. for example, one of them is called life, which is the whole point of a life scene is to create a scene that mimics life as mm -hmm. much as possible. So you would get a suggestion from the audience, like <clears throat> give me a non-geographical location and they'll say whatever, a beach. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. So then you start a scene at a beach and the beach scene has to mimic life as much as possible. So that's one scene. And there's a bunch of criteria based on like the realism of the scene, the specificity, the character development, the connection. Um, <clears throat> there's basically five different points in every scene that we talk about. So it's problem, character, or sorry, setting, character, problem, stakes, and resolution. So they're judging you based on that criteria. So every single scene has to have these components to it. And that's what's going to make up a story. So this right, is kind so of you do, oh, okay. That was my next question. So yeah. you do a full story. Yeah. In, in how much time do you have? I think it was uh, every scene's different, but I think it was in the range of about two to five minutes most of the oh, time. Oh crap! So it's relatively quick. So are you speaking really fast or not fast? You just that's, you just get really you just have good to think it, fast. That's no. what I'm. That's what I'm trying to say about like when I when I watch this team, the way the way their stories unfolded and the way each person, like no one stepped on anybody's toes. So no, nothing's pre-written, right? Nothing's no. pre-written. So this is, uh, this is freestyle. Freestyle. Freestyle, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah freestyle. this is all freestyle. Uh, just sidebar, yeah, Freestyle yeah. Friday. You guys got to do improv Freestyle oh, we should. Friday. No, I know we should. I know we totally That's should. That's a good idea, actually. Yeah, we totally idea. should. And you're joining. <laughs> oh shit! Look what you got yourself into. Sorry, one sec. I don't remember. Actually, what you said. actually, I, actually, I had a really brilliant idea as you guys were talking. Mm. I was like, uh, let's uh, let's let's do a, an exercise, an improv or an acting exercise Ooh. right now. We could for sure, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, let me think of one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You you think, but continue talking about uh, sure. Unless Hadlin, you want to go on a little ramble here. No, I just got some more questions. I'm interested in this uh, <coughs> the, the improv, improv world. Yeah, I know. Yeah, okay, so... Like, I feel like there's still a lot more we need to discover. There's so much I could tell you guys about this. So like, much. Um, okay, so, like, the cool, the really cool part about this is that what it is is, like, it, it creates magic when you, when you take, when you take elements and you train 
a framework for yourself and you don't worry about the stuff on top of it. If you just work on, let's say we just take those five points. So we've got setting. So you're telling a story. We need to know where it's set. We need to know what the characters are. We need to know what the problem is. And we need to know why that problem is important. And then we need to know how it resolves. That gives you the whole story. Mm -hmm. If you simplify it into five points and every person on the stage, all eight people know we're doing a story that has these five points. Audience has no idea. They don't know. So now we've got this magic where the audience is like, how did they do that? How did they just tell this story together? Eight people. This is improvised. But it's like, it's improvised. Just the words are improvised and the suggestions and everything else. But the rest of it is like pretty self-explanatory. So we, I'll, I'll give you a, a cool example. There's one scene we did. Um, this was a really fun one. We called, um, you ha there's a, a type where it's called a narration scene. So you've got to have a narrator that's telling a story during the scene. Okay, yeah. So we did this thing called angry narration. So it was me and my buddy Julian Kolsty, where we would be on the side and the whole concept was we're building the scene, but we're angry narrators. So <laughs> in instead of it being like somebody being like, you know, it was the 4th of July and and da 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 da, -da and yeah, telling yeah. the story. Instead, like, he goes, I go. So it would be, I got to step back from the step, mic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to get intense. Because so it would be like, he's on one side and you'd be like, January 4th, 1999, the sun is out and it's beautiful. And I'd come in and I'd be like, on the ground there's a cardboard box and a homeless man laying on top of it. And when I say that, the supporting people right, they take gotta... those spots. So they slide into that position. And then Julian goes like, over here there's a giant tree with ginormous leaves, but the leaves are falling off. And then our other teammates take those positions. Oh, yeah. So we're, we build this whole scene. Interesting. And then we use that scene to tell the rest of the story. So once we've built it, then basically the scene is there. We don't go too far with that because that's just doing the setting part. So that's setting. Then we go character. So after we've built the setting, well, we know there's a homeless man on the ground mm -hmm. and there's a tree. So that's the only things I've mentioned now. So I would go, okay, so this homeless man, whatever, we, we start talking about the homeless man. This homeless man has been here for five years. This is his home. This is his turf. And then Julian says, well, this tree has been here for 20 years. And so we, whatever, what, however it rolls out, but then, okay, so now we've got character. We've got a tree and we've got a person. Well, the tree can be part of the character. We can make that a, a character so easily, just personify it. Well, then we got to go into the problem. So what's the problem? This homeless man, the stench off of him was creating such an issue for the tree. The tree had been here for 20 years, the leaves falling to the ground, all because of this homeless man. Well, why, why does it matter, right? Why do we care about the leaves falling to the ground? Well, this tree, it, um, the, the leaves provide the beach with such beauty and magnificence. And when they fall to the ground, the tourists don't come anymore. And that affects the people in the, in the town. And nobody wants to come to this beach anymore. So now we've got stakes. Mm -hmm. Now we need a resolution. So basically, you, f you find the resolution within what you've already set up. So the resolution could be something like, I don't know. So before you do that, yep. so like the, the tree and the homeless man, yep. they would 
create the resolution or is this it, is oh since this it is narrated it doesn't really narrators and then they act it out it doesn't really matter the trick is there's something called the hand of god which you'd never want to do in improv which is like you're pulling something out of nowhere so you, i could be like oh and then uh, a police officer walked along and he told the homeless man he had to leave scene's over what the hell it doesn't make any sense at all so instead of hand of god you've got to find the solution from within the scene. So you've got to go, well, we built the setting somewhere and we've talked about a lot of stuff. So what could be a solution within this? And it can be fucking ridiculous. It's probably better if it's ridiculous. Yeah. So you could be like the homeless man and his box, whatever. The the box, he decided to take the box or whatever because we'd have to get more into the actual story. But like the homeless man could wrap the box around the tree and or he wraps the box around his body and the stench is contained within and suddenly the tree but why did he wrap it around his body and why and that's all well, built into the rest of right. the story and right that's, so then, that's where i hop in and say the the tree started communicating with the homeless there man there you go boom Done. and then they became <laughs> distant lovers sure yeah distant honestly lovers. Yep. and then exactly and then there was a downpour one day, and the homeless man, his stench washed away. And the, the tree saw beauty in the man, and then they became lovers. Sure. Perfect. <laughs> and scene. And scene. <laughs> ah, so like, and then he got close to the tree, and then the tree slowly enveloped oh. the homeless man. And oh. they became and, one. And because oh. the tree had such miraculous sap and smell from its sap, the smell of the two became the scent that drew more tourists to the beach yes. for all of the years to come. Sight to behold. And to see the cardboard right? tree. To see the cardboard tree. It's like, it, it creates Beautiful. this really cool magic when you've yeah. got this framework that everybody understands. Yes. And, and it's like magical imagery too. Yeah. Because like you're, you can see it all in your totally, head. Absolutely. And it, the more ridiculous, the better, which is a great thing about improv. It's like, oh, fuck. Take and it And the off. more memorable it becomes. Totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, there is, there's one other thing that I'll just mention now. We, uh, there's something called a, an absurdity curve, which is that an audience will go with you uh, to a certain extent. Right. But, but if you start with something that's, if you build a world that is one way, you need to follow the rules of the world. So if you create a world that is fantastical, we've got dragons, we've got whatever, mountains and trolls and whatever. Well, you're in that world of magic, so you can play with magic all you want. Yeah. But if you're telling a scene of the homeless man at the beach and all of a sudden a dragon flies in, it's like, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. That makes no sense. Mm -hmm. So the absurdity curve basically says that it is just a, it's a literal curve graph. So you, 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 you don't go, you don't start here. You've got to start down here. So we could take that homeless man and we could have him ride a dragon out of there but it's got a, that dragon has to slowly come into the scene and it's got to maybe like, it has to be justified somehow. So, right. you know, but you got to build it to that point. Maybe he had a certain type of alcohol. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. So and you just, just actually a bike. Yeah, perfect. So yeah. as long as it's justified and it makes sense, then the audience will go along with it. But the moment you take them too far out of the world, they're like, mm. they get, they get this defense mm -hmm. mechanism. The dissonance. Thing. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. You don't want to create dissonance. No. You don't want to pull anybody out of a story ever. You want to let them enjoy the story. Yeah. And if you go too extreme, 
which honestly is just an anxiety thing for new improvisers. They, right. they don't know what to do, so they'll go like, Extreme. Oh, a, 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 a dragon, or yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. Whatever thing. So is, do you have any memory techniques to remember exactly how everything's been laid out? Mm. Or it's just automatic now at this point? Well, because it's so visual, too, yeah. right? And everything's so... St- you, out there and then your people are actually acting it out right so you're and and it's such an intense moment that you're like especially when you're performing it you're in front of an audience mm. um you're, you're so present and emotionally attached to what you're saying mm. that to me that's the recipe for remembering you're not you, gonna forget you also spend like this is a significant part of the training as you're spending time because you'll build you build objects so like um mm. I could I could do an hour long course on just literally I could do f- a day of work months of work probably on this where you're just building different objects invisible objects so like right now okay you said you want to do an improv exercise yeah um, imagine for a second you've got a mug in your hand okay? okay how do you hold a mug hold a mug okay so uh, how heavy is this mug two pounds what's what's Whoa. In, what's, <laughs> what's what's the contents of the mug it's coffee. Coffee, okay, perfect. Uh, is it hot or cold? Piping hot. Piping, Piping hot. hot, so it's brand new. Is it full, empty, half full? full. Where are you at? Full. Full? Fucking full. Okay, so yeah. in front of you, okay, so it's full. So in front of you, you've got a table, and it's a, it's a stand-up desk, just so we don't have to sit down. So perfect. It's a, it's a stand-up desk, so you're just going to place that onto the table. Okay. That's what we need, actually. Yeah. So remember, <clears throat> remember. With a 360 camera in the you center. Get, you yeah. guys aren't paying attention. Sorry. It's important. Oh. Where did you put your mugs? Uh, well, kind on of the on, the, on the right I side. I know, but where? The edge. Right close, the to, edge. close to the edge. Okay, so pick it up. <clears throat> put it back down. Pick it up. Take a sip. Every time you put that down, <clears throat> every time you put that down, you got to remember exactly the spot where you placed it. You have yep. to remember the height of the table, the yep. location of it. You have to remember the weight of the mug and yep. remember that as you take a sip, that mug goes lower as well. Yep. So there's less inside of it, which means there's less weight. And it's actually insanity when you think about when you how you t- pick it up. When you take a mug because it, there's different mugs, right? You can hold it like this, you can take it like this. So imagine now take take your mug, pick your mug up. Pass it from one hand to the other. Where's the handle on the mug? On the outside now. Okay. Other hand. Grab the bottom of the mug. And let go with your right hand. Now you're holding it. Oh, it's pretty hot. Yeah, it's hot on the bottom. Yeah, exactly. Pick it back up. Okay. Back on the table. Good. Let it go. Yep, take a sip for sure. So you see what I mean? You could play for hours just with a mug. Yeah. And then you get into building the rest of the stuff, and that's where it gets crazy. You take a tree. Well, what is the tree? What kind of tree? What kind of leaves are on that tree? How does that affect the environment? How does down. So you just get it so into depth with this stuff, and it's like I need, I need, I need to go into a six-month course with you because the stuff you said about uh, improvising, storytelling, visualizing. Mm. If I had a six-month course with you, with you, I would walk out and write the most amazing, most amazing songs. Well, oh, I have a hack true. for all of that. If, yeah. the, if this goes down. Mm. Film it, put it on YouTube. Totally. Instructional videos Dude. on YouTube. You have a student to teach in the video, which will then relate through the camera that's, to them. That's a great idea, actually. Right? That's a and really then that's evergreen. Idea. That'll last forever. Yeah. 
and then you learn yeah in the short term yeah and that just lives on the internet so and, true man yeah so true for 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 me yeah. with with uh any improv stuff it's always been like it's it's the action that you're taking. Yeah. You know, it's weird. Just side note, because we built this table. As soon as I lifted my arms up, I was like, oh, I gotta watch out for the table there. It's how weird is that? Hey? But it's so the thing like, is that's such a awesome. that's such a thing. Like they've proven that yeah, if you visualize playing piano scales versus taking people and they actually play the piano scales at the end of the week, they've done the same amount of work. Oh yeah, mm. yeah, the visualization. Yeah. So. Imagining that that table is actually oh, like real. there's no difference. Your body and your brain doesn't know the difference between what you visualize and what is reality. Yeah. So by visualizing, by practicing, even just that exercise there, I want to do that so much because that's how I can manifest things in my life by just like having a, a practiced visualizing yeah. and being able to put myself in scenarios. And even for, let's say, trauma. Okay. Oh, yeah. If I can visualize myself, my past self, if I can visualize myself, set the scene, and actually physically do that, but go into a moment of my past and walk through that, but with a more positive uh, element to it, rather than experiencing the negative that I did in that moment that created the trauma, yeah. I can therefore heal that trauma Absolutely. by reconditioning myself in that moment. Absolutely. A lot of, a lot of the... Uh, acting coaches I've had in my life have always just said like you know acting is not therapy but it is it's not yes. meant to be your therapy but it is therapy yes. like you're, you're doing therapy you're exploring so much of your past and bringing it forward bringing it up and releasing it in a different way it's therapy whether you like it or not but it's not meant to be therapy because yeah. actors will go to acting classes and they'll have victim statuses and they'll be you know bringing up stuff from the past that it's like well we're not here to be your therapist. We're here to explore. Mm -hmm. We're not here to try and heal your wounds, although yeah. they will be healed in the process. Yes. But you can't make it about that because no. it takes away from what yeah. you're trying to do. Totally. The focus of it. Hmm. Um, okay. I want to I wanna quickly side note and then mm. jump into a point that I had. So mm. side note is actually each of us individually kind of, again, our therapists on a level because even Hadlin the other day did a hypnosis therapy session. Mm. He doesn't like to call it that because none of us yeah, are it's not therapy. None of us are trained therapists, but he actually helped the guy to quit smoking. No way. Right? Yeah. So yeah. cool, man. Right? I actually Have you saw done anything like that before? Oh yeah. I've done it a few actually a lot of times. Holy but crap. in that moment I actually saw the change happen. How do you mean? Because his body reacted in such a way where it's like we're gonna let go of this many years of it's like majority of my an life anxiety moment for him and you lost, watched he lost color in his face started sweating and yeah slowly got out of it i i won't go into too much detail because of course it's yes. it was a private yeah, session yeah. but yeah. basically i saw the change yeah. and to this day a few weeks later still, still. no smoke yeah, dude, I, I no gave cigarettes. me beard tingles. Right, I got beard, beard tingles. Seriously, man, I got I got tingles up my arm <laughs> and on my beard. Yeah, man. So, so like up until that point, I was always shit. like, I don't know, man. Like it, it's not a hundred percent, so I don't feel comfortable doing this. So I don't advertise for it. Of course, then, but then this happens, and I'm like, Whoa, makes, man. makes you believe you can things. you can help people. Yeah, and that's the thing is we're each in our own individual things. 
that's really what it comes down to is the the ability to help people. That's why we're in what we do. It's just an extension. It's a mastery of something. Therefore, you've learned all you've learned through acting. Well, that's helped you a whole bunch mm -hmm. when you know you can help people. Mm -hmm. I've learned all I've learned through music, and that's made me who I am. And I know I can help people. I know when I play music, that's soothing to people's souls, and it's helping them work through issues. Totally. So I just wanted to say that as a quick side note where, like, that's basically what we're doing here in life is helping people work through traumas and healing and feeling safe to be themselves. Mm. So that, and then uh, the point I wanted to make is that, so Hadlin, Hadlin and I, a singer and the hypnotist, we, we are interested, we've already done a couple in doing um, challenges. Like we really like challenging ourselves. So one challenge we want to do is we want to get up at like a Yuck Yucks comedy club and we want to do a stand up. So that's, that's going to be really, really intense for us because neither of us have actually done that. So that's like a brand new thing for us. Mm. It's daunting as, as all hell and it's going to be crazy. But then when you were talking about improv, I thought about your improv performances that I've seen with like Third and Main. Mm. And I thought, hey, me, you, Travis, whoever else is willing, we put together an improv team and we go to the length of we're going to perform a half an hour improv oh it could be done for and sure and you're gonna you're gonna train us and we're gonna video the whole thing i'm being signed up there eh? you're being yeah. signed up well it won't happen without you so if you're in we'll do it i would i would definitely it would be a fun idea for sure if you guys are down i would i would be i know interested for sure i know that we're all willing and if mm -hmm. we can even if it's just us four and we do it mm -hmm. that'll be cool yeah if we can get anybody else who's actually willing because mm. it is it's daunting half an hour is not very long no no fast no, we're, we're good not. performers we can do that well, maybe we'll do an hour. Yeah. Uh, well, whatever. Okay, so just because you said the yeah, just because you said the, the comedy thing right away, like I wanted to tell you earlier today, but because I talked about the framework of of improv, it's the same thing with with stand up comedy. There's a framework underneath every comedian. Yeah. So you literally just uh, it's a matter of googling it. Honestly, you just yeah. you Google like Go what would I type into Google? Type in word I, for I, word. I can probably just give you the <coughs> give you the information, but okay. it's pretty much like every comedian will just follow this structure and you can watch any Netflix special and you'll watch them doing it over and over again. So all it is is a few simple things. A setup, which is one to two lines, then a punchline, then a topper, which is a joke about the punchline, maybe a second topper, which is a joke about the joke about the top line, and then sometimes a third topper, which is, so it's like setup, punchline, joke about the punchline, joke about the second joke, joke about this, the third joke, and then new setup. And they'll just repeat that over and over and, and over callbacks again. And... Callbacks, yeah. So that, but realistically, that's going to be the structure of any comedian. So it's such a simple thing when you learn that. Yeah. Because then all you're doing is you're just filling in a template. You just, okay, must keep my setup to one to two lines because if I go more than that, I'm going to be screwed because then I'll just be one of those comedians who talks, talks, talks. Some of them are really good at it. Yeah. If you if you entwine it into a story, right. then we can listen a lot longer because we're engaged in the narrative. Right. But most of the time, if you just want to do the simplest possible stand-up comedy routine, you just do setup, punchline, topper, 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 setup, punchline, topper, 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 setup, punchline, topper, topper. And and obviously the best to me, the best comedians go they grab from their life. So yep. they're, they're oh, yeah. just like out and about yep. and they're just thinking about that structure all the time and they go, oh, 
that's a funny joke and yeah. then they incorporate that from, build it into that structure yeah because yeah. you'll you'll come from emotion you'll come from honesty if you come from your own life mm-hmm. and do a joke that it's way one of the best jobs man yes all you do is live your life seems like and it, you man. find <laughs> the funny parts in it and then you tell the people about those that's funny true parts. You're, you're just an ob- you're just observing comedy in the universe and you're mm-hmm. like guys i observed some comedy you want to hear it yeah <laughs> I mean, it's all fluffy and dandy from the outside, you guys. Yes. Like, yeah, until yes, you, it's a until lot of hard work. Become a comedian, yeah. Okay, but yeah. same. So, it's this yeah. is something you've been exploring. You've been doing a lot of. Um, I did a lot more when I was in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, lately, not so much. I don't. I don't find myself pulled to the writing of stand-up comedy anymore. Um, I had, I had a really good experience with it. I had some rough experiences with it too. Yeah. Um, I. I but it's fascinating, man. Like I, I did a, I did literally the exact same routine. So I did it one night. I went to an amateur night at Yuck Yucks, and I do this stand-up comedy routine pretty much word for word, and I fucking bomb so hard. It was like the worst pain of my life on this stage, like failing, failing. Nobody's laughing. My jokes are like a little edgy. Uh, I'm talking about like midgets and stuff in this routine. And so these are very politically correct people that were in the audience tonight. And maybe there was a midget there too. I don't know. Like that would have been really bad, a bad routine to do at the time. Um, But it didn't land at all. And then I walked off the stage. I think I had three minutes and I walked off at like a minute and a half because I was like, okay, well, I hope the next guys are funnier. (laughs) See you guys. (laughs) Like this is awkward. I got to get out of here. Same fucking routine next weekend. Killed it. Seriously killed it so it's not half the time it's your audience and it's the way they're receiving you it's not your routine Mm -hmm. so i got really like Mm. i don't know if that scar it didn't scar me because of it but it was like you just want to learn more take draw back yeah i just back to it later it wasn't i didn't it it was the experience i was after with that i i didn't feel ever compelled to be a comedian i didn't feel like i wanted to do that with my life yeah but it was like no this is an experience that i need for sure Mm -hmm. that's something i really appreciate as a musician that i've sort of brought into my craft is anytime that i walk on a stage yeah i'm performing the same songs Mm. over and over but what i've come because i'm very practiced in those and they're second nature to me Mm. and performing the songs are second nature i actually walk up and the first thing i do is i observe the audience and Mm. i take in the energy of that moment right there and like travis and i have been doing this looper and the poet thing Mm -hmm. and i've realized every time we walk into a space we're like how do we how do we create in this space so the on friday we played one space where we handed a piece of paper out and they said we said pass it around and write your gratitudes on it and then we brought we got them to bring their chairs up a little bit closer snug up to us but mm. then on saturday i was like hey travis we we're in like a an, an old diner so that people are sitting in booths and i was like travis why don't you go and sit down at every booth and actually sit there with them and experience that gratitude with them mm. And also coax them. And then also he went and brought chairs up to the front and then like went to people and brought them up. So just observing the nature of that as we walk in, as we're setting up our gear, kind of thinking about what is this energy in this room going to be like? Because that kind of like feng shui, like the room defines the energy of the performance. Totally. And then the people obviously who come in the room, but with the performance and the room, 
and the energy of that, you can control them, mm. sort of control them, coax them into opening up and being the best version of themselves because mm. you're being the best version of yourself in that moment. Yeah, of course. So that's what I really appreciate about, appreciate about music and the ability to read. And that's why I think I actually, I want to go down the comedy road. I feel that. Mm. And I think that I want to like spend time with it and actually build that within myself. I've thought mm. that for a long time. When I mm. saw you do comedy, I thought that where I was like, this is a road that I need to spend time in because to perfect that, to watch the audience and improvise and have jokes and just be loose with them. Oh man. The, um, the, the teacher that I had yeah. that he's not even really a teacher. He's just a professional stand-up comic. Yeah. And this guy, Damon Schrader, to give him a shout out, he, he's a absolute genius. Like he, he's done it long enough now where he's just, it's basically like imagine a catalog of jokes in your mind where you just walk on stage with a blank slate. Totally. You don't have any intent of anything. And he always starts with, he likes to just connect with the audience, like you're saying. So yeah. he'll just go out there and maybe he'll start talking about something local. He'll read the newspaper in whatever town he's in. He'll talk about the, whatever. He's in Vancouver. He's talking about the Canucks. He's, you know, somewhere else. He's talking about, oh, did you guys see this thing in the newspaper or whatever latest event was? But then he's doing exactly that he's analyzing the audience mm -hmm. and then he just he'll flow that into a joke mm. and then the joke is a test the joke is like is this audience capable of receiving this type of joke oh they received it or they didn't and it's based on their response did they laugh hard or not yeah oh they they laugh really fucking hard at that so then he knows like this is the line of jokes to roll with oh they don't okay so then he'll go back into some other banter and then he'll test an another stream of jokes. But it's it's like, imagine you've got like dirty, you've got like just edgy, you've got clean, and then you've got like kids, or whatever the categories may be in his mind. Yeah. And then he's like, okay, this is the stream that's working for this audience. Yeah. Then he rolls into his catalog of those jokes. It's like, fuck. Brilliant. So cool. So amazing to watch him work. It's like, Brilliant. Yeah. Real genius. Okay. That's something I do with magic. Oh, yes, yeah. I'm yeah, performing yeah. magic. Yeah. Because you've got such a catalog now. Yeah, I have my case. It's full. I've got all these different things I can do, but... Yeah, I do base. I perform based on the reaction of the audience. So you, you, so you'll start with a joke and then roll. Uh, or well, sorry, I'll start with, with a joke. I'll start with, a, with a, a trick or an effect, and then based on that, I'll either go one of like six different ways, and then keep testing, keep testing, and then boom. And then you know for sure it's like, oh yeah, these are the ones they want. Yeah, exactly. So that that like guarantees every performance is going to be amazing. Oh yeah, always. Yeah. Hadlin. Yeah. Hadlin. Cool, man. Super cool. <laughs> and then on the hypnosis side, that's where you also do it based on the volunteers that you have up there. And it's kind of like the improv because I'm getting them under hypnosis to improvise. Yeah. And you got to find out whose strengths are what in your yeah. volunteer group, everyone that's lined up on stage. And you got to be like, okay, this one kind of looks like a teacher. She's going to be like, okay, yeah. She's one that I'm going to tell to tell the audience to shut up every time they, they of laugh. Of course, because yeah, because they right? yeah. like oh, you yeah, know that, you'll get the response from it. Yeah. Oh and man, that's good one. super cool. And it's it's all about just like reading these people, and then also knowing, knowing without asking what their limits are. Yeah. Because you can't make someone do something they wouldn't do. Of course. Yeah. Right? Of course. So, a routine where I get them to like milk cows. Yeah. And I know right. 
as soon as I do that routine, I know who's in for the show and who's out. Who's out? Fair. Because <laughs> it's a it's a speed race, so they're they're doing the motion, and if you don't know how to actually milk. milk. A cow, they start doing, you know, <laughs> it could be construed some as something dirty else, stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> so some people are just like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. And then it's like, okay, cool. So do you, in that scenario, do you choose like, uh, do you I, want the girls to do it or anything? Or no, do you just go, every single person. Every person. I want every. Oh, you want everyone to. Yeah, I want all of them to do it. But those that don't, I know. Okay, this show's not for you. Yeah, you're gonna go back. Yeah. yeah. You want the people who are yeah. willing to be vulnerable and yeah. willing to embarrass themselves. Yeah. Cause yeah. Some because really, are, right? they're just yeah. milking a cow. Yeah. It's yeah. nothing bad. No. But you could you could have bad. You can oh, construe it how you yeah. want. Yeah. Exactly. It's not actually bad. Yeah. But... Could, what do they think it's a shake weight or something? Yeah. 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 Shake weight. Do it the way you will. It's a shake weight for sure. <laughs> Definitely a shake weight. Um, I do. Okay, I want to. Lots of parallels though. Yeah. There is. Like the improv with the hypnosis. Yes. Comedy with magic. Performance. I never. All of that. I never. I never. I'm glad you said this because I never in a million years would have uh, thought of hypnotism of ha- of having that level of analysis with it that mm-hmm. level of background uh, whatever you want to call it mastery yeah that's really I, i'm cool. basically like a director yeah that's what i'm doing cool. yeah and then they're the they're the actors that's true that's, that's true and i gotta cool. try to bring out the most laughs out of them for the audience as possible right that's that's my job you're, pretty, you're just directing forward yeah dude that's cool don't have to do anything really <laughs> takes all the pressure off of you. Yeah. You don't even have to be in a good mood. <laughs> yeah, they like, do all the work. I get all the credit. <laughs> yeah. I get paid for it. Wow. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. Not a good life. <laughs> I appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. I was trying to move us forward, but this is still good. Obviously. Good. Can I run to the bathroom? I or also do I have to run to the bathroom for the two hours. Or <laughs> I know. Me too. This, how uh, bad this is, do some magic how know? bad do you have to go <laughs> this is what we do this how, is how bad do you have to go better than you mm. <laughs> no, hey you, rock paper scissors mm. quick i've uh, come on um wait i was that was scissors he was wait wait no no, no, no. Scissors, wait wait, wait, wait graham 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 i have i have a question for you okay what Oh, you're um, gonna get talking, and then you're gonna jet. No, 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 no. I have a question. Would you ever? What? Would you ever have long hair? Rock, paper, scissors, go. Damn it. I read a. I read a psychology thing where apparently. <laughs> apparently, if you, if you ask a and question. Then I'm supposed to say scissors. Or? Yeah, apparently, if you ask a question, like, uh, and then go right into the rock, paper, scissors. Don't let them answer. They'll defensively do scissors. Apparently. What? Well, I wasn't defensive. You okay. weren't. No, you weren't. When we started, when we started, you were like. <laughs> I'm good. Okay, well, let's do yeah, it. Round two, round two, go. Now I'm going scissors. Though. I know. I know that. I knew you would. <laughs> you put it in my head, man. Yeah, and round, <laughs> round two. Yeah, best out of three, man. Round two. Now what? Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> we reversed. Yeah. So now where are we reversing to? Oh, baby. Let's go. Oh, fuck. I'm, I'm almost conceding paper. right now. Yep. I knew it. All right. I could tell in his eyes that I was losing. Oh, man. I got to go real bad, so I'm glad I won. <laughs> I also got to go bad, but I got good willpower. Uh, I want to talk about rock, paper, scissors for a moment. Let's do it. We were. Yeah. I got a lot of tips for that. Okay, hit me. To, so you can start off, be like, okay, do we do rock, paper, scissors, shoot, or rock, paper, shoot? And that... You're telling them subconsciously, hey, I want you to do this, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. And you would be like, okay, if, if they win, if you, if you got it wrong, so if I 
I do rock and you do did paper, oh, good job, man. Paper. High five them on paper. All right, let's do this again, right? Now they're going to do it again because they won with paper once. Boom, boom. Now you go. Now you. They usually will repeat when they win yeah. what they just did to win. If they lose, they will do what the other person did to win, generally speaking. See, like, and then I'm, subtle I'm, things like, okay, round two, man. Round two. And then if you win, it's like, yes, I won. Good job, right? You, uh, yeah, you would, yeah, I know you've been in a... got to add that mindfuckery. I know, I know. Game. I'm not fast enough right now to get to that, like, to have those things. But if I practiced it, but, like, you, even though you've been in a six, seven-year relationship, you would be amazing at, uh, at flirting. Ooh. You would be a winner. Okay. Be- well, just because you <laughs> under from your experience. Oh yeah, I'm I'm terrible. <laughs> I don't like to play. I have this thing where I'm like I'm playing no games, but it's all a game. Like you have to. Oh yeah. We're all psychological. You yeah. have to play these pushes and these pulls and these status drops and da da da. You have to play all that. But I'm like, those don't exist. We're equal people. We have the same rights and we're morally on the same ground. Well. I have to say one thing about the flirting thing mm-hmm. is that to be a hypnotist, you don't have to, mm-hmm. but one of the things that was one of the resources that was recommended for a hypnotist to learn and is uh, to read the game, oh, which is a yeah, game. Yeah. It's a pickup yeah, book. Yeah, yeah. And it's not for picking Psychological. up. It's yeah. for the social dynamics of it, yeah. of walking up to anybody, male, female, doesn't matter. To be able to talk to whoever. To be able to talk to them, totally. to influence them, to get them... To feel your charisma and be like, oh yeah, mm. I'm going. I trust this guy. Yeah, I'm going. And then you hypnotize <laughs> him. All right, so. Go on. Oh, good luck out oh, there. Too many wires. That too way. many wires. And then I'm gonna direct it into something when I get back. Okay. Oh, I Ooh. know what that is. It's. Uh... Oh, so. I'm nervous about that. <laughs> Saul. Yeah, he's got some plans. Dude, I don't know about this. <laughs> I I feel like I missed out on the rock paper scissors tricks that you were telling. Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, Usually when you start, you're going to go, okay, you walk up to the guy, you're like, hey, okay, is it rock, paper, scissors, go, or rock, paper, scissors? I've always and you been, ask them, okay, right? Yeah. So this is like, you're okay. setting oh, them up. You're setting Each them up. time, you're showing scissors. Yeah. Right? Oh. So you're you're trying to tell them to do scissors to go to start <laughs> with scissors. If So if you do rock and they did scissors, you're yeah. like, hey, nice try, dude. That's paper. High five. <laughs> High fiving on paper. So the next time you're consciously you know telling them to do, to paper. do paper. Does it now, work? More more, more than fifty percent, that's really? for sure. Yeah, which is good for rock, paper, scissors. Dude, what in the world? And okay, so if you lose the first one, be like, okay, round two. So again, scissors. you're you're getting scissors into yeah. their head again for round two. round two. And whenever so if you win, the person that loses will always do like ninety percent of the time will always do what the winning person did to win that round. What the oh, because they think like they lost, so they're now okay. I'm gonna do what they did. What the hell, man? And the winner will usually go with the one that's missing. Okay, so if I did rock and you did paper, paper, he'll pick right. Scissors. So, you the scissors is the the one that is the most logical thing to fill in the gap because it hasn't been done yet. Mind games, I know. Yeah, I like a, that. There's so many. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. must know so I have many a, weird tricks like that, eh, from yeah, yeah. hypnotism stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. and yeah. that that like in the magic world, actually, that's RP, RPS training. 
RPS. Rock, that? paper, scissors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing some All right, guys, we're getting boys. We're getting yeah. some <laughs> RPS training. But, like, it just gives you an advantage. It's not 100% yeah, win. Slight advantage, right? though. Yeah. 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 But that's all you really need. Yeah. No, that's it. Yeah, that's exactly. it. Especially if it's like best yeah. two out of three or best three out of five. Yeah. So you'd, you'd be, like, okay. you'd be good okay. at chess and you'd also be good. That's, you know, that actually goes back to your martial arts training. Sure. No, in a way, when you're fighting, going up to a com- opponent, right? Right. Right. So you have to, you're playing. The confidence you're, side. You're of starting, it, yeah. you're starting with mental games and you're mm-hmm. starting with psych- psychology. Whether you're going to win that fight or not. Mm begins before you step on that mat. Mm-hmm. It begins the second true. you it begins the second you see your opponent. That's so true. It before it begins before. the day before. Exactly. It begins in all the training. It begins mm-hmm. in your visualization of that exactly. you know, moment. Exactly. Because so yeah. I've I've experienced the other side where I wasn't prepared going into a fight. Yeah. And I got literally frozen in the fight. Mm. And like just, you just froze up? I just froze, yeah. I would be like here, they would do something and I just wouldn't defend it or anything and just like Hmm. What am I doing? Why am I not moving? Two What's in your going head on? Or... Yeah, because yeah. they they mm. they it basically was a simple move. It was like, but they should have been easy. They mindsepted yeah. you. They were like, I'm I'm winning, right? and you know I'm winning, mm-hmm. so don't even bother. And then I've also done the opposite mm. more times than that version. But mm. yeah, I've, I but I know what that's like to to yeah. just just freeze because you weren't hundred percent prepared in your visualization and in your training and totally. then all of a sudden you're just there and they did something just it's like you just lost everything in that mm, moment for yeah. a while. yeah that that can that can tie into just any form of performance where when you step on stage like i i often get confused because i'm so far in my journey and people are like oh um i can't believe you get on stage alone and like for me to been referencing this every uh every podcast so far i think i think just to make just to shout it out because it's such a phenomenal moment in my life but to step on stage in front of a thousand people by myself Mm. i know a lot of people would be shitting themselves but it's like the most calm moment in my life so it's hard for me when people i meet musicians and they're like yeah like i can't go on stage alone or like da 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 like they freeze up or whatever it is it's just a thought process though it's yeah I mean, fear is all anticipatory it's yes like once you get on stage you're in the moment you're exactly in the magic exactly one of the things that's driven me forward because like i love butterflies now mm. oh yeah and like i still get them mm-hmm. and i want yeah. to get them i mm-hmm. never want to not have butterflies yeah same man but i guess one of the main things when i was first starting for like paid performances and it was like oh shit there's gonna be like 250 people i don't know should i just back out and it's like no Get um, it. Um, but I'm going to have to refund them yeah. and then not get the other half of the check? Fuck that. The motivation. It's all about the money, man. Like, <laughs> the motivation. At the beginning, that was yeah, like yeah. the part that was like, it just got me Pushed past you. It po- yeah. got me past that hump. Yeah. Where yeah. it was like, you know, if it was a free performance, maybe I, in that time, I would have maybe backed out. I don't mm. know. Yeah. I but, don't know. So probably I know, not. I know probably a lot not. of people that have like, even just like a, a little DJ gig where you're not the main center of attention and it's just like that's too much yeah and back out they back out yeah but the moment Last you second the like, moment you push past that those yes, butterflies exactly. then you're like then you're in yeah the closest thing to heaven that i know man yeah, it's like it's whoa yeah. that's the best way to put it yeah it's like it, yeah now 
money or not, yeah. butterflies. Yeah. yeah. If I get that butterfly feeling. Yeah. It's not about the money. That's what I want. Yeah. Money, I want that butterfly. Because you know, on the other side of it is. Yeah. Oof. Oh yeah. Ooh. The magic. Ooh baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. it. Like, that's, yeah. That's the magic feeling. Like, yeah. Like yeah, exactly. when you when you're flirting. And then you take it it's to the true. next step. Well, you got those you, butterflies. Even the butterflies that come with that. And then on the other side. Other like side. Like you're talking about. Yeah. Mm. 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 Oh. Mm. Yeah. Ah. Sweet baby. Sweet oh, baby Jesus. <laughs> now. Did it do it again? Now. I wonder if we just like hit that every like five minutes. If it would just be like. Maybe. Oh, we're good. Maybe. Okay, real quick. I'm going to. Looking good, Peter Pan, in that Saw fresh that. plug. Michael Jones. Haven't Whoa. heard from you in a long time, man. Oh. Yeah, we were talking about Peter Mike, Pan. Mike Jones played, uh, oh, what the hell in Peter Pan? Shmee. Shmee. Oh, it was uh, Mike. Michael Preble's, uh, what do you call it? Cohort. Lo- cohort, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was I was also in that play, but I was younger and chubbier. <laughs> yes, you were. <laughs> I was much different. <laughs> yes, you were. Yes. You were a much different character at Very that different. time. Very different. Okay, so now I'm going to detour. Okay. <laughs> So we've covered a lot of really important ground. We've covered, like we do, our passions and kind of what that has. Yeah. Right? We've gone through a lot. And, like, things that, like, who we are today and the way you live in this world, you owe to magic. You owe to acting. I owe Mm. to music. How we Mm -hmm. hold ourselves, our postures, the energy we feel, um, the psychology we play with, Mm -hmm. all due to our passions. Mm. So you talked about how, like, you know, you've done a lot of acting. Mm. You've done a lot of comedy and improv. Mm-hmm. And that was a massive part of your life. Now you're in a sort of different phase of your life. And I, I want to hear about kind of what we've been talking about lately. I would like you to go in mm. on that topic. Because Graham's been talking about, uh, he's, I'm going to let him talk about it. But there's been some stuff that uh, he's really good at, at sort of, when he figures stuff out, he's good at then explaining that. And then I'll be sitting there and I'll get this information from him. And it's just like, it's something that is so revolutionary to my life that I can't help but make a large shift in my life and move forward with greater purpose because of a simple breakdown. It's a breakdown of this, what can be complicated, then broken down into something sort of an easier digestible package that I then go, shit. That's you're totally right. That's such a simple way to think of it, and uh, I think that's all I have to say. So, so get to it. Mm. Uh, well, I would just say on that. I think it's just another iteration of me being glue because it's not right. my, my ideas. Right. None of it is mine. It's right. just that I have. Um, when I wake up at six a.m. to do whatever I'm doing, all, all I'm doing is researching and then writing, and I've got like. Over the years, I've got journals and journals and journals of information, and it's just me like obsessively trying to figure things out. And primarily, like I'll, I'll be completely honest with you guys, it was most of it started when I started having anxiety issues in Vancouver. Um, I hadn't experienced anything like that at all in my life, and then I just started getting these weird feelings in my stomach, and it took me on this strange journey. But the journey led to so much self-discovery and then so much uh, primarily like obsessive focus on figuring out what the hell the issue is like why can't I get past this and then like I don't know to I, I don't even know how to wind into this but basically like 
really what it is is my my obsession came from the idea that I was starting to lose my motivation. I didn't really I didn't really care about acting anymore. I kind of lost it. Like I really my whole heart and my life had been invested in this thing and then all of a sudden I was doing it and it was just like ah just don't care anymore. And I, I had started smoking weed more heavily, and I think that obviously had some motivation effects on it as well. But mostly what it came down to is like just this feeling of confusion. So uh, fast forward 10 years, I've done a shit ton of research. I've read every book I could get my hands on. I've listened to every YouTube video of every expert I can possibly try and find, and I've narrowed it down now to what I think is very beneficial for anybody to hear, which is, um, so I, got, I have to start with this book called Drive um, by Daniel Pink, who, Daniel Pink is basically one of the foremost experts on motivation in our world today. Um, he primarily focuses on business, uh, business motivation, and he talks, he basically wrote this book, and it's all about how motivation in our world is actually backwards right now. So right now what's happening is we've got these structures that are based on commission. Oh, you get a commission if you sell a product. You get a bonus if you reach your whatever, your your quota. quarterly quota. Mm -hmm. uh, even competition is based on winning or losing. Um, success in our world is based on what you have, what your status is, what your title is. So everything that we know, we're trained specifically based on outcome. It's all based off of outcome. Well, he spends this whole book talking about the difference between extrinsic and intrinsic motivation. And the whole point here is that we've actually got it backwards. What the science says, what the studies say, is motivating ourselves using external rewards literally steals our motivation from us, whether we know it or not. When you offer somebody a bonus for doing something, you take their ability to do it for their heart. You take their ability to do it for themselves from them. So it's it kind of saps everything right out of it. So that was sort of the first point where I was like, I, I was stuck on that for a long time. I was like, yeah, he's, he's really onto something. He's really onto something. And then, I don't know, it's been over the last month or so that things have fallen more into place where it's like, oh, there's a real, there's a real problem that I see in our world today, which is that we're all focused on trying to achieve a specific destination. We're all obsessed with reaching this. I want a million dollars. I want that. I want this. And unfortunately, what, what, it, what it led to for me, like just to go back to myself with acting, what I saw that happened was I was so focused for the longest time on just being the best actor I could possibly be. That's what I wanted. I was like, I'm going to be the best in the world. I'm going to I'm going to do this for the rest of my life just for me because I love this. What happened was I got to Vancouver and I started auditioning. I started um, putting a focus more on booking roles. I started talking to actors who were booking a lot of stuff and they were like, yeah, you know, like you've got the potential to do this. And I was like, yeah, I do. I do. I could be like, I, I had a coach who would say, you know, you can be a lead. Like you have the leading look. You could be a lead in a feature film. And I was like, oh my God, I could be. And so I started thinking like, fuck man, like that's what I want. That's what I'm after. I want to be the lead. I want to be the guy. And when my focus shifted from the craft, from the art, from the mastery, I got totally lost. Mm -hmm. I got so confused. I had no idea what I was doing. My motivation shifted. It all kind of reverted backwards. And I, 
all of a sudden I found myself like, I, I hate, I started saying to myself, I hate memorizing lines. I loved memorizing lines. That was such a good experience for me. Then it became like, oh, I have to learn this fucking line. Well, then it became, I would get an audition and I'd be going about my day. Oh, this audition's going to now interrupt my whole day. I have to just stop everything I'm doing to do this fucking audition. So I got resentful of the craft. And it was because it was all destination focused. Yeah. I was so obsessed with reaching this point. And then, so that's what Daniel Pink kind of taught me there. Um, what I'm, what I'm formulating right now is, is like I talk about frameworks with frameworks with acting, frameworks with stand-up com comedy. I'm just for myself and for anybody who wants it, I'm just trying to develop a framework for life, which is more along the lines of like, hey, if we have this framework, well, then magic can happen for us. We can go forward and use this framework to succeed really, really cleanly. Yeah. So the framework, like pretty simple right now. There's one other, one other point that I'll talk about. Um, so there's three components, three basic human needs. Um, I can't remember exactly where I learned this from, but you can look it up online if you want. If you just look up these three points, you'll see it right away. Basically, every every behavior possible. Um, uh, so there's three primary needs that we all have. We need to be related to people. We need to have connection. We need to be. We need to have mastery of our surroundings and mastery of skills. And we also need. Uh, autonomy. We need our freedom. We need to be able to truly control our lives. So if you have those three components intact, you're going to have a beautiful life, like a truly beautiful life. If you balance those, that will give you happiness. So basically the combination of knowing that you really shouldn't be focusing on a destination, knowing that you need mastery, connection, as well as autonomy, freedom, your own personal control of your life, and then living life based strictly on love and not on fear and overriding all your decisions that anything that has fear rooted in it just erasing that just eliminating it from you and just saying no this is about love i'm doing this for love if you can take those three points no destination autonomy mastery relatedness yeah and love simple you should simple. you should be able to redirect yourself in such a way that now Every decision you make, every behavior you take, if you look at those three points, well, you'll know if you're on the right path or not. You'll know very quickly, very cleanly. Yeah. I found, I found with uh, the whole, because I feel like, I feel like I've mastered, mastered, there's no, I'm working on all those and I've mm. worked on all those a lot. The, the one I get caught up in a lot is, is no destination. Mm. And I find what happens with me is that I often have the destination and that creates a burnout, a burnout in the passion of it, right? So what I find is this podcast is a great example of here we are creating mastery because we're talking about these topics, which is growing us and helping us master our own things. And relatedness as well. We're all connecting. So Related. there's connection and yeah. there's mastery in this. And we're all we're all independent people. You're yep. Graham on this podcast. Yep. I'm Saul, the singer. Yep. Hadlin, the hypnotist. Independent. We can say whatever we want here. Yep. On top of that, we're all in love flow here. Mm -hmm. None of us are in fear. We're all in love. Yep. Also, this podcast doesn't necessarily, like we don't, we kind of do this as an offshoot from our other brand. So there's not really a destination. We're not totally concerned about like, oh, we're going to get a million hits on this podcast. Mm. Da, 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 da. We're not, we let go of an expectation or mm. an outcome from this podcast. So in that, we always reach flow state. Mm. 
this podcast has been such a blessing in our lives and because it's reaching every single one of those points. No kidding. Um, to like solidify the no destination thing, like to give some examples of this, if you think about um, like bands, right? So yeah. think about your favorite bands and how their first albums were the ones that were the true magic. And then we see as soon okay. as somebody signs up with a label, mm -hmm. and they've got some additional pressure on it, and then they're focused on actually creating a result all of a right. sudden the magic leaves and it's about the numbers it's about the numbers and you actually leave you leave this moment and you enter the future hmm. it creates it creates a weird process in your mind when yeah. you when you are focused on an outcome it basically means that you can lose 99% of the time because instead of saying let's say okay um, just to use myself so i i want to be i want to be an actor in a feature film like I, I have to be an actor in a feature film well that means that everything else along that path is just a failure everything else unless unless I'm using that focus as simply a motivation for uh, creating mastery for creating autonomy for creating relatedness then it's excellent if I'm going I want to be in a feature film but I'm so I'm so focused on my growth, my mastery. That's just a destination. That's a tool. The, yeah. the tool is fine. It's important yeah. to have it as a tool. But more importantly is the focus, the, the, the point that we've got our attention focused on what we're specifically doing here now. In and the that moment. It's in the moment. And that it's not about reaching a point. Everybody always says, you know, focus on the journey. Don't focus on the outcome. It, it's the same thing. It's just with a little bit more understanding with the science behind it now. Yeah. I'm not saying anything different than anybody else has ever said before. Yeah. It's just now it's like, look, there's the pieces. Here's the framework. this piece. Here's this piece and that piece. And with all those pieces, if you just follow that with your heart, you're going to find motivation like you've never had it before. You're going to find like for even just the smallest example, I've been rock climbing recently. Well, for the last two years, I was so focused on reaching that top rock that I stopped really caring about rock climbing. When I figured this framework out, I, I reframed it all. About three weeks ago, I started going to the gym and just thinking, I'm here to have fun. I'm here to work on a, a skill to develop my strength, to connect with people. Now, I wake up in the morning, I'm like, I cannot wait to go to the gym. I cannot wait. So this simple change in my mind changed everything. Yeah. So it's like, it, I know it works. I know it's real. The science is there. I've felt it. Yeah. It's just a matter of applying it. That's all. So to speak from my, my own experience, because mm. um, when you mentioned the thing about the bands and then the bands getting on labels and mm. um, having a, a destination now, okay, we have to make this album, th these hit records, it also stemmed something in my mind which then broke apart No Destination in a way that I could understand it um, very well within myself. So for me, I'm always, I am, I have a destination. I want to make this album. But then I realized I also have a past destination the first time I made a song, the first time I played on stage. So it's almost like I'm chasing, in a sense, when I'm not in the, mo the present moment, mm. I have two destinations and they're splitting me into the future and the past and rather than this present moment because I'm chasing this feeling that I once had on stage. I want to mm. get these butterflies back. Yeah. I want to experience what I had back then, mm. but I also want to create a future version of that. Yeah. So it's bringing those two destinations into this moment and just experiencing what you can experience in this moment without the pressure. You can have those as bullet points, yeah. 
because you can't get rid of those. No. Those exist. Your goals, where you want to go and what you've been through exist in you. Mm -hmm. It's just not getting lost and getting focused in both of those too much, but rather bringing those together mm. and just existing in a flow state in this current moment. Mm -hmm. Mm. I've got, I can go up examples all day on this just to give a few more because I think it's important to solidify it. Um, imagine a student who goes to school. So they, they're going to get a psychology degree. They they say they want a job as a psychologist. That's the point. So they go back to school with the intention of becoming a psychologist. Well, every week there's a pop quiz in their class. Every week. Well, okay, so that student goes and they start to get really tense about this pop quiz because the pop quiz is extremely important relative to their achievements. The pop quiz is going to affect their grade, which is going to affect their ability to get a job and going to affect their ability to achieve the goal they want in the end. So they get really tense about this pop quiz and they put all this information in their head and they're just driving, driving, driving it in, using this motivation to just get it in there. Well, what happens is slowly over time, and again, this is what the studies say, is slowly over time, you just start to lose that motivation. Mm -hmm. If you reverse it and you say you've got a student who's really just interested in becoming a, in, in the science, in the study of psychology, and they're like, yeah, you know, I want to be a psychologist, but I really just love this. I really just love the, the, the information I'm getting. I just love this. I love that. Well, they're, they're less tense about that pop quiz. They don't really, it doesn't affect them as much because the grades aren't the obsession. They know they're going to achieve it because they are focused purely on the intrinsic motivation themselves. So they have no need to obsess and get all tense and stressed out over a fucking quiz that means nothing in the long run you could fail every single quiz and still pass that class yeah but like when i was i told you this the other day but when i was in it's the most ridiculous thing ever i was in acting school in vancouver and when it came around to report card time everybody gets their report cards this is a six month long course where at the end of the course there you receive a diploma and it's a fucking acting diploma what what are you going to do with an acting diploma people are getting obsessed about the grades they're getting they go and they talk to the teachers. They're like, rah, 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 rah. I didn't, I didn't get this. I didn't get that. I only got an 84% in your class in voice and movement. It's like, what the fuck does that matter? Who gives a shit? Did you gain skills from that class? Were you concerned about your growth as a person? This is, I'm not kidding you. This is 90% of the students out of, there's 100 students in this school. 90% of the students are obsessed with results the results yeah and it's like well how are you going to learn anything how are you going to how are you going to go forward from this yeah. there's no way there's but no I, way. I just found that as the perfect example of like oh my god our world is we're so trained into this mentality of needing to achieve outcome 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 that we lose our in, inner motivation that is what really matters no it's true i want to ask hadlin if you have any sort of examples or any thoughts about kind of what we're talking about? Uh, yeah, just like in regards to motivation, that there's a lot of different trains of thought and some of them go along the lines that motivation is just bullshit and there's no reason to even have it. There's like to have it or not, if you want to do something, you just fucking do it. Plain and simple. Yeah. Motivated or not. Mm -hmm. Like, but, but what? And then you need what is actually above all of that is accountability to somebody. So if you're going to go to the gym and work out, you could go there, 
but you're accountable to yourself. But if you're accountable to someone else, they're going to make you do it. Whether you're motivated or not, you show up to the gym, your trainer makes you do it. Where's the motivation there? There's no motivation at all. Why isn't there motivation? You still have this to get to the gym. This guy's yelling in your ear. You fucking do your push-up, buddy. There's still motivation, you though. You do You do choose. Perhaps. You do it. So there's a, a love and fear example there. So if I have a trainer, and every time I go to this trainer, like I'm super uncomfortable, and they're just like, do, your, do it, do it, do it. Just push through it. Push through this feeling. And it makes me uncomfortable, and I react with fear. Then that creates a trauma, and I'm, I'm resistant. I don't want to go to the gym anymore. But if I go to the gym with you guys and it's more focused on like, yeah, this is really fun. It feels good. Like we're having a good time. We're having a good experience. Mm. And there's more of a love feeling to that and a more in the moment feeling. Then I'm, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to that moment because I just had fun in that moment. Yeah. Because chasing the feeling. Because look, like here's the thing is I don't agree with that. You should never chase a feeling. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't at all. But what, what I'm, talking about primarily as long-term motivation like you you can you can get up off your ass you can go mm -hmm. to the gym right now you can do that just with your mind mm -hmm. no problem but at some point your mind starts working against you if you are not doing it for the right purposes mm -hmm. you can go to school how many students go to school and never do the fucking job that 90%. they went to school i'm gonna say 90 so why is that i know right that's what i'm talking like about 10 percent okay. of it's, people that go to trainings like hypnosis trainings will actually apply a little bit of it exactly so this wasted is wasted money so this is what i'm saying is this is this is what's happening is we 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 put our mind to the task and we're like i can do it i can achieve it but it's like no that's not you can do it for sure you can do it for whatever amount of time but you've got a certain amount of gusto before you start fucking resenting that thing before you start mm -hmm. hating it you yeah. gotta remember why yeah because so how do you find out why so the a great example of that again is why i'll just be blunt why reed and i aren't playing music together anymore hmm. is because instead of focusing on just like we're getting together we're having fun and and yes some people some like me i can push past that i'm like i don't need fun i have what i want and i'm doing music and i'm just i'm mastering no matter what i can hmm. find a different motivation for it Reed's motivation doesn't come from that. His motivation comes from enjoying life. He is a person with really good boundaries and he doesn't, something that isn't agreeing with him, he's really good at removing that. I don't know whether that's a positive or a negative thing, but the fact is, is I created this tension and I, I wrecked music for him temporarily because I put so much stress on it to get somewhere, a destination, rather than just being like, man, let's just jam, let's just have fun. So that over time, like you said, like we were fine, but over time, and same thing can happen in a relationship mm. where if you're not sort of in agreement, and it's happened a hundred times with me, where I, I have the motivation and same thing, I have, I have a vision of where we're going, but over time, because I'm not necessarily in that moment with that person or whatever it is, they're starting to feel disconnected and resenting it and da da da. So it's a burnout. Right. But sometimes uh, I'll wake up and I'm just not motivated to do anything, mm -hmm. but I just force myself to do it anyways. And then eventually I just get into a flow state and I think continue that's a, on. So I think that's a different thing though. No. Than... So action begets action, whether you like it or not. It doesn't matter. If, if you do something and you continuously do it, you will feel inspiration towards that thing. 
if you don't do a thing, you're not going to feel inspired towards it. That's th that is part of motivation for sure. Yeah. But that's short-term motivation. To keep yourself going for the long run, you need you need to be looking at your intrinsic values. If you don't if you if you're not doing it for yourself, if you're not doing it for an internal reason, you will not succeed. I guarantee it. And so so the reason I haven't created I've been doing music for 10 plus years. The reason that people don't have songs of mine is because I've had the wrong intrinsic motivation. It's been destination. It's been, it's been extrinsic. It's been extrinsic. Extrinsic. Words. Extrinsic. So then what happens is every time, every time I go to sit down and I say, okay, I'm going to finish this EP, it becomes something else, a monster inside of me. And that motivation, that love is no longer there. So I'm not getting to the result because I'm, fucking myself up whereas now I'm starting to listen to people who find love through that process and I'm starting to reframe that for myself so that I can think I can just enjoy the I can, instead of being like I need this EP so people can listen to it so I can make money off of music instead of that it's like well I want to make this song because in the process of making this song I will discover more about myself so trying to reframe and bring it back to that mm -hmm. so that, yeah, there's in the long term, I can keep doing it mm -hmm. rather than like, oh, I'm going to make this single. It's going to get a million hits. I'm going to make this video, mm -hmm. you know, then all of a sudden I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. My motivation is not money. My, my motivation is not fame. My motivation is my own self-discovery, mm -hmm. spiritual moments, and just opening myself up to beauty in this world. Those are my motivations. So if music is not doing that, I don't give a flying fuck. So it's just about, that, that's my motivation. That's my personal motivation. Everybody has different motivations mm -hmm. and where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. Would results be considered uh, something that you can draw motivation from? Absolutely. Yeah. It, results are, are going to fall into the category of mastery, I would say, because mm. results for sure make you feel like you're mm. successful, like you're good at this. And mm -hmm. you do, the, in, in all of this, uh, your skill towards a certain thing that you're doing is massive towards your ability to be motivated towards it. Because if you're not good at it, you're like, fuck this, I'm not going to do this shit. Mm -hmm. You do need to be good at the thing as well. I'm not saying that we eliminate goals or eliminate successes. I'm simply saying you, you need to change the way you think about it internally. Instead of being uh, maybe not you, I don't know, person to person, obviously, but I, from what I see in the world, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm after this thing, I'm after this thing, I'm after this thing. Like, I, I seriously have probably 90 different projects that are 75% done because I was so obsessed with, like, I'm going to do this. I have an album that I put two years into that I was like, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. You know how little I want to do that fucking album now? Mm -hmm. I do not care. I sit down. <laughs> I sit down to try and work on it, mm -hmm. and I'm like, I have no fucking desire. The only time I'm going to finish this is if I can pay somebody to finish it for me because I, I, I'm not interested mm -hmm. in becoming a mixer or a master. I don't care about that. That's not for me. But if I did, then I would finish that album, and I'd do yours and yours, and I'd be like, oh, what else can I work on mm -hmm. to work on the mastery of the skill? And that would, that would lead to results eventually. But it's, it's the reverse process that's fucking us up. And that's, that's what I keep seeing all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. What's your current project? 
current project. My like current, which one, right? Don't yeah. mind. No, me. no, no. Honestly, my yeah. my current project right now is is stepping all the way back on everything I've been doing, releasing all of it, and not focusing on a destination at all. Right now, I'm focused strictly on self mastery, mm-hmm. on autonomy, on relatedness. I just want to connect. I want to be autonomous. I want to be able to master various yeah. skills personally. What I realized in all of this, um, the big discovery for me was that, because I, I because I got so lost on acting, I, I was like, and for years I was like, why am I doing this? What is the point? What was the reason? And why is it still in the back of my head? Like I need to go back to this. Why is it still there? Well, it's because it's all about mastery. Acting seriously is just a tool for me to be able to work on self mastery so that I can improve my emotional connection, improve my connection with people, improve myself as a, a being, as a human. Uh, it's just the tool that I right. am using. So right now, what I'm working on, what I'm thinking about doing is basically developing this idea into something that can be given to the world. That's all I want to do with it. it. That's that's the goal at the moment. Okay. But I need... I have a lot more studying to do. I have a lot more research to gather. I need to have more conversations about it. But the more I talk about it, the more I get excited about like, yeah, the the world needs this. We're in a motivational crisis right now. And then which uh, means of delivery are you going to utilize in the world? So this is where it gets confusing, right? Because we're talking no destination here. So it's like, it's like, wow. Okay, so I, as much as I want to say, I would love to do this through a book. The only way I can now motivate myself, I know, is I can't say I'm writing a book. I have to go, okay, well, I'm going to write a series of passages about my life, and I'm going to do those for self-discovery. And at the end of those passages, I'd like to arrive, I'd like them to be parables so that I can teach myself lessons, and then those can be shared with the world. Mm -hmm. But the motivation cannot be focused on the ultimate destination. So that's where it, it gets a little confusing. So that's kind of what I'm focused on right now is just developing this concept and bringing it to fruition somehow how i don't know yet in whatever way it comes whatever way it comes whatever just let it go and just yeah Yeah, exactly i have a kind of weird question yeah uh i want you to imagine for a moment that that not me but Mm. like an evil hypnotist Mm. so and they that person Mm. not me Mm. hypnotizes (laughs) the entire world okay and erases you from their minds. Okay. There is one thing that you can say or do that especially to those that are close to you, so you're like your friends, your family, yep. your colleagues, etc. Yep. There's something that you can say, do, mention, a story perhaps, and that will scream to them, this is Graham, and that will knock them out of it and remember who you are. Hmm. What is that one thing that makes you so? Wait, say that again. So yeah, so you're you're you've been erased from everybody's minds. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Evil hypnotist who yeah. just put a spell on evil, the entire evil world. Hypnotist, I'll, right? I'll pretend I think I'm the, the evil. Evil hypnotist confused me. Yeah. Erases. Can he be? A, can he mind. be a neutral hypnotist? <laughs> no, neutral. He's, he's got to be evil. Okay. Yeah. Well, because well, well, to erase the minds of everybody. No, you're right. Bad. That's pretty. Yeah. Evil. Okay. What if? What if it's? I'll I'll be the hypnotist and it's Saul's evil. I'm rather rather than evil. I'm like. I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed right. with well, the world. Cause, like, cause you don't, you don't know character. him anymore, right? No, no, no. Yeah. But, but I'm the hypnotist. So I'm the, the purpose that you're I'm... you're his brother. Yes. So yeah. what no, would no, you no. say to Saul because he doesn't okay. remember you anymore? What, what would you say to him that... To he, knock that, him back into... 
into reality and rem- and erase all of the the hypnosis that was been brought onto him. We're gonna so let's like, act what, it out. So in other words, no. what <laughs> what no. what is something that that just screams Graham mm. Graham Chabot? What mm. what's your thing? I think I think like at the core of this all really is I have this immense drive to be of assistance to the world in whatever way possible. And in reality, like uh, the asset I see that I have seriously is what we talked about earlier. It's the glue thing. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I, I haven't trained any skill to be immaculate at one thing. I'm no superstar here, superstar there. The thing that I do is I put pieces together and I make them make sense. And so if I could do anything for the world, it would be to put some shit together, give it to them and be like, here, mm. use it. I think it'll mm. be good for you. And then, so I don't know if that, that's not like oh, yeah. a direct answer. So you would, but, no, no, that's yeah. good. That's so good. You, you'd just walk away. You, you'd be like, ah, you guys don't guys need to know fine. me. <laughs> no, no, <it's> all, <laughs> Actually, that was my first intuition. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're <laughs> I was like, you don't need to know it's all me. Good. So what <laughs> I imagined when you were saying that is you, yeah. you'd walk up to Saul, you'd be like, who are you? And then, uh. You would just like start helping him with things, and Saul would be like, "Why are you helping me?" And you just like you would put pieces together, and then he'd be like, "Wait a second! Wait a second! This is really familiar." Wait a second! Right? I, I know this. I know this feeling. I had a brother once. What was his name? What was, yeah. <laughs> what was his name? What's your answer to that question? My answer? Yeah. Yeah. So I would find that hypnotist, and I would kick his ass. Kill him. So <laughs> spinning hook kick right to the chin. That's a good answer. <laughs> And, and I then I would hypnotize the entire world to love each other. Aww. Aww. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's awesome. I would find that hypnotist and I would thank him. For making everybody forget you? For providing challenge. I think it's a, <laughs> it's a beautiful thing to... Um, I think more than... That's what I was trying to go to before. Is He's not an evil... Because nobody's evil. There's always motivation. Their motivation. Mm. So he's just a person who's been in the world. And he's just fucking annoyed. He's like, everything you know is bullshit. You've grown up and you've been taught this. Just like you said, we're conditioned. So if I'm that hypnotist, I'm like, you're, you're all lying to yourselves. Let me erase everything you know. Mm. Start over. Mm-hmm. That's, to me, that's the hypnotist. That's why he does it. It's not an evil thing. He thinks it's a good thing. Mm. And then it's a challenge. If nobody knows you, just like you said, who are you then? But depending on your level of success, that might actually be a good thing. Right? That's true. Right? Because yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are like A++++ celebrities, right? Who would love to be forgotten. Exactly. Yes, yes. Who would love to be able to go in public and not have anybody be like, hey, can you sign this? No true. kidding. Like no barrage kidding. them with selfies. and That's irreversible. Irreversible once you get there. Yeah. And it's no longer a signature. Hey, they just be like, hey, come out. selfie. Yeah. And I've I've, I've, I've heard selfies, the, I've heard yeah. stories where yeah, people just they don't even ask. Yeah, it's just like this weird take like you're a museum. Out. Yeah, mm-hmm. straight up, you're a thing in a museum, and they're just like, I can't. Okay, I can't. I can't say I've ever felt that, but I will tell this funny story. When I was in Thailand, like uh, four or five years ago, there was this beach that I was walking along. I'm just casually doing my thing. Um, these school buses came in from the inner Thailand, they come to watch the sunset. And I was at the beach watching the sunset. I was like, cool. While these kids roll up, they park, and there's probably 40 buses that came. So there's a shit ton of kids. This is a long beach. I walked all the way down this way. I turn around, start walking all the way back. On my way back, the buses unload. 
well, fuck, they have never seen a white person before, and there's no other white people on this beach. So all of a sudden, I'm walking along, and they, they like, had a homework assignment or something. So they're all coming up to me, and they're, like, asking me questions in English, like, uh, what do you do for a living? What, uh, what, you know, like, they had five questions or something like that, and then I'm surrounded by, like, fucking 40 kids, and they all want photos, 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 photos. I walk, I actually walk like another five <laughs> steps. Another 40 kids hoard me. They're like, oh, photos, photos. And I, in that moment, I, it did feel really good because it was like, holy shit, all this amazing, like loving attention too. But I could not imagine receiving that for longer than, that was like a half an hour. And it, it happened continuously for about a half an hour. That's so cool. Holy shit. <laughs> Super funny. But that, yeah. To, that made me think of something like making like a, a video where you have a team of maybe like 10, 15 people, you'll mm. have cameras and flashes, microphones, and you just find like a random person leaving like Midtown Mall. Mm. And, and then just you, hoard them. Yeah. Just give them all yeah. this attention. Yeah. Oh, they would love it, man. Yeah. That's a good idea. I would, I'd do that. that Dif- different fun. people would react yeah. some differently. Would be like, yeah, some would not. Some like would be yeah. like, and no matter what the reaction is, it would be great. Yeah. Would, you're you right. Just do it either way. You're right. <laughs> Okay, let's go. What about what about you hire like a bunch of cute girls and then you surround men or something with them? They would love that. Oh my god, that'd That's be a good funny. one too, man. Oh, let's do both. Let's do all of those. <laughs> yeah, and then let's board. flip it and make us the ones that are walking. We're out the cute for girls. Moment. No. Oh, like, sure. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah, do, yeah. let's do that. Or yeah, puppies. I do that. I mean, puppies. I got the puppies. Hair. Oh my god! I'll take the puppies. Yeah, if you have puppies, puppies hoarding people, that would be even better. That's the. Ultimate. Need a puppy trainer. But <laughs> if you're a puppy yeah, trainer, let get yeah, at us. Please get at us. We need we need lots of puppies, lots of trained, well trained puppies because they gotta hoard this person. Well, you just you just you just. I just had a vision were... of handing someone a puppy, and then taking it back, and then switching the puppy for a stuffed puppy. But they don't know. The person oh. doesn't know. And then you throw the fake <laughs> puppy. The fake one. You not a real one. Such a, I don't know why. Such I just a thought magician. of a way to make a, a trick that, out of it. I yeah, like I that, know. man. That's good. You just like, you got to do something. Like, you got to drop kick the puppy or something. You know, do something terrible to it. Where they're like, what oh. is wrong with well, you? Well, I might get punched a few times. But yeah, it's totally. It. It's deserving, oh, it's though. It's just about reactions. It's deserving. It's just about the reactions. But that's that's, you do it with their cell phones. Really fuck them up. Drop kick their phones. Yeah, you switch out mm. their phone and then oh. like fucking. Oh, can I? Let me see your phone. Let me see your phone. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to perform a trick. Okay, I'm going to show you a trick. All right, cool. And then. Then you pull out a brand new box and inside that oh, box is their phone. Is their phone. phone. Oh my. Sealed with a sticker and everything. Oh, I, that's actually good. I would do yeah, that. Yeah, no, I. Wish I never said that out loud. I'm saying bye to her cousin. Because I'm going to make that. Our cousins. Uh, she's a personal trainer. And she was saying earlier, oh, I like watching. You get, there's a delayed reaction <laughs> I'm of us stomping on the cell phones. But yeah, um, she well, she was talking about like the, the traumatic, like having the traumatic gym experience. And she's a personal trainer. She's like, not all trainers are like that. I'm fun. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. <coughs> Boom! Yeah. Boom! Okay. What are we okay. at? What are we at? Uh, I feel like we should go to uh, an audio-only section. Yeah, we're at mm. like two hours here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys down? Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah! All right. Say goodbye to the stream. We love you, long time. Thank you for tuning in. 
Any last words? Any yeah, final words? Yeah, right. For the stream, for the video, yeah, tell people how they can find you. Sure. Uh, on Instagram, gchabs, g.chabs. Uh, Facebook, Graham Chabot. Uh, I think I'm linked up there probably. You can just link, click on that. There will be, there's going to be stuff coming out for me at some point here, but hey, no destination. So who knows when or why or what for? That's well, all I got to say. Love it. Okay. All right. Yeah. And tune in fairly shortly on all the podcasting platforms. We'll have the audio up there in a couple of hours. We're the, Subscribe on those. We're the and, singer uh, and the hypnotist. And we're hypnotist. B- you're about to move into the Audio, audio round, audio round, audio bonus content, bonus round, and we all grumble into the microphones like we're growling. Whoa! You've ruined it. I ruined it. Yeah. Uh What did I do? Okay, I got it. Actually, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull this off because we're not uh, necessarily doing video, so I'm gonna get a little bit more comfortable. A little bit more sexy. Ooh, he's down to his sweats. It's funny, you're downgrading. Some, uh, I'm buttoning up. Put some of this in, too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Stay changed, baby. Yeah. Love it. Ugh. Brilliant. How'd you get so smart, Adlin? Just always was. Yeah. Born this way. Born. Yeah. yeah. Out the womb. Out the womb. <laughs> Smart tattoo across my chest. <laughs> they had to remove it. Just That's like hypnotizing dope. everybody. That's dope. <laughs> That's, dope. <coughs> That's hardcore. Sadly, guys, a hero. You know, you've heard of the great baby? That was you? No, I was the smart baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. Are you guys ready? Yeah, yeah. Bonus round. Bonus round. Bonus round. Welcome back to everybody. It was a short break, because, but for us it was quite a long break. So long. <laughs> <laughs> Eons. Can't even imagine. Could it have been longer? Is it possible even? It's actually, no, man, I don't know. this is a week later. Know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just getting posted immediately too. It's like, wait, hang on. These guys second. time travelers yeah, too? Yeah, we didn't tell you that part, but that's it's the singer, the hypnotist, and the time traveler. That's, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you already know what's about to happen. I know. You've seen this episode? I've watched it. I've seen it. It's a good episode. Strong episode. (laughs) Oh, man. I I just watched uh, Penn and Teller Fool Us where there's uh, a duo act and they're the time travelers. Mm. It's a cool, Mm. cool act. Very cool personas and like a very unique way of presenting mental magic. Cool. Are they twins? They are time travelers. No, they're just uh, regular buddies that don't look the same. Cool. 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 But yeah, no, like uh, cool. it's, it's a good act. Very good act. Wow. And it uh, it fooled me. Ah. Uh, I'd have to say it fooled me. I do love. Because I didn't catch the the secret. But when Penn and Teller, when Penn, because yep. Teller doesn't talk, when Penn gave his instruction of how he thinks it was done then i understood oh okay okay through his cryptic language yeah that's the best part about that show as a magician is like i understand what he's talking about i gotta i gotta ask like when you're watching other magicians can you 90 percent of the time figure it out most of the time most of the time yeah Yeah, because i can recognize the moves or i understand that 
you know, it, it's a natural movement or they're mm. doing this, but there's motivation behind having this trolley brought out on stage or right, okay. yeah. or going to a pocket at a certain time, et cetera. Even, even the economy t- of motion is like uh, so understand cool, it. That's a cool way to put it, economy yeah, of I like motion. That. I like mm. that. Even, even my short time knowing Hadlin and living with Hadlin, I've gone from being like, like completely when I first met you and you'd perform some simple magic, I'd be like, I don't what the, f-? you know, I'd be so mm-hmm. mind blown. Mm-hmm. But now even just being around you and seeing it, see to be around a magician, you're picking it up. Yeah. You're spending so you're spending enough time that you're starting to think, I'm starting to think in the way that you think. Yeah. And I yeah, think fair enough. thinking in that way is very powerful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just knowing that like, there's so much more that could be happening behind the scenes that you don't really think about. Mm-hmm. Like face value is one thing, but there could be so much happening that mm-hmm. you have no idea about. That that Damon Schrader guy that I was talking about, um, one of the things yeah. he said when he started really delving into comedy is he started looking at the world from a funnier lens. The world mm-hmm. got so much funnier because he was mm-hmm. looking for jokes everywhere. Okay, So it's interesting to think about how looking at the world from a magic standpoint kind of makes you do you notice yeah you see magic in the world more you i see, do yeah i see more questions of course i question things more. a lot more mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. his approach to video is is like a sleight of hand oh approach to video of course of course how, of course. how to you know misdirect and and use people's attentions in their and mm-hmm. psychology really cool to, to approach it in a way that other people are not thinking about. Yeah, mm. like in your your recent Freestyle Friday, yeah. we cloned you, put four of you around. Mm-hmm. But Oh, that was you who did that? Well, I t- helped them cool. talk Saul how to cool. do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, Very cool. But like adding, because like if you just had a, a static shot yep. that doesn't move or anything, you'd be like, you could understand, okay, there's cuts. Yep. But we added camera shake to it, yeah. which gives it that handheld that feel. And then it's like, wait. How the hell do you handhold this and put four of the same? What? Yeah. And that's just like an extra layer of mind fuckery where it's that's, like, how the hell? That's super cool. I didn't even think about that at yeah, all. Just I, I watched it and I was shake. like, how does Saul know how to do this? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> now I know. It's all magic. It's all magic. <laughs> it's perspective. Perspective bending and, you know. Hmm. It's something it's something yeah. you've seen because I'll make videos where I'm you said I've, I'm basically already doing that so mm-hmm. then you just saw like well why don't why don't you do this mm-hmm. and then the day kind of came and it was like well let's do this let's yeah. let's make it happen or like if you want to hide a cut for instance you can just add a little bit of shake to the camera and that will give the illusion that there was no cut so if you wanted to like change something on your shirt, like change your shirt color or change it to a jacket, if you shake the camera and you right. like At jump and hit time. the ground and then you do the same motion before, but that movement, you don't have to be in the exact same spot because yeah. right. I won't be able to catch it because of the shake. movement. Yeah. That's cool, man. Where it's the same thing in magic where it's like, okay, I'm going to do something here, but now this big motion here, yeah. your eye follows it. You don't follow the other small, minute movement of course because now you follow that big motion so that in that the shake is the big motion yeah it's brilliant that's yeah. super cool it's a mentality i, I want to embrace yeah. and bring, bring to music because no I, I don't think anyone's well there's probably people but i want to i want to do that you know chris angel on had a broadway show like as much as i don't like him because <laughs> he 
he he pays people, but mm. and, and steals tricks, but in a, and whatever. Yeah. So he had a Broadway show where he would do magic, and it was like to rock music. Mm. It was like a completely different take on it, and mm. like, cool. Yeah, it didn't do so well. But now he has a, a Vegas show, and they incorporate like the trapeze uh, Cirque du Soleil. Cool, cool. But like, that's fucking cool, man. But yeah, like, I think there's definitely a space for doing magic. Like Michael Jackson doing the lean—that's a magic move. Yeah, like yeah. He, he bought that magic he, trick, basically. Actually, yeah, that's a magic trick. Oh my god! When he leans, oh yeah. Isn't I'm, it just his shoes or something? Isn't it just something with his shoes? Or I'll tell you off off of the. Exactly yeah. how it works after okay. off mic, yeah. There's a there's oh, a <laughs> sorry guys, not for you, just I, for me. Not just, free yeah. information for you, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you can't find out everything here. <laughs> there's a high level of of honor code in magic that no, I learned, for sure, for learned sure. from him that because it's like totally even even when I learned my first magic trick the other day, I felt like Instantly, I was like, oh, my God, you can't. You're in the club now. Yeah, it felt like you can't. You you have to practice hard enough. You can't give this shit away. No. You cannot. Yeah, no way. Mm -hmm. Because that ruins it. That takes the magic away. Yeah. Yeah, as soon as someone doesn't know how it works, they'll hound you. They'll hound you. But the moment they find out, it's over. (sighs) Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, I suppose it. You mean everything when they don't know. But once they know, you mean nothing. Okay, okay, cool fucking connection here. Same shit with improv, man. Same shit. The moment, uh, we call it, um, call it, uh, never name the game. Never talk about the game that's being played. So if if you're doing some kind of scene or you're doing, like, uh, just because we talked about the five things, um, the five points, the setting character, problem, all that stuff, um, if you talk about doing a setting or you talk about creating characters or you talk about what you're doing, you take everything right out of it. You tell people what you're doing, they immediately get pulled out and they know that you have, they see the trick behind the magic. And improv, seriously, is just the same thing. It's just that hey, the, you want them to the, escape from Exactly. The players know what's happening, but the audience has no idea. And that's what creates that illusion like mm. you're talking about. So it's mm. the fucking same thing. Yeah. That's love really it. cool. I love it, man. There's so many parallels. So many parallels. In all these different art forms. It's just amazing. Yeah, it is. That's why I love learning about all these other art forms. Because yeah. the more knowledge, the better. Yeah, and totally. It'll just make your own stuff better. Totally. Yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah, that's why, again, these challenges, that's what they're for. Mm. Yeah, you, what's the next challenge then? Um, what's the f- or I guess, well, we already did the first, but what's the next, yeah? Well, poetry, maybe poetry's coming up, but... Uh, it could be could be uh, you and Travis doing music. So for Travis, he's trying to challenge himself and sing more. So getting on stage and singing, and same mm, for you. I need to do some lessons. Okay. And like. Okay. Mm-hmm. Before I do anything like we that. We could do easily do the improv. We mm. could do something obscure. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, I'm down for improv anytime. Okay. Be so fun. I'm I'm contemplating I'm right now even starting some classes here in town so that mm. might even be another mm. opportunity because at first i'll just need bodies to fill the classes yeah so i'll just do it for free you guys just come and 
Well, we can use Join this. The party. What about Sounds good? What about using that as advertisement for your classes? Because we're gonna sure. film the whole thing and, yep. and put it up. So yep. then, yeah, sounds good. And we're gonna use our resources, the Hadlin brand and the Saul brand, to, mm -hmm. pu to push those out and say, mm -hmm. "Hey guys, we're we're gonna enter this this improv class." Mm -hmm. Graham also offers these improv classes outside of what we're doing here. Yeah. So if you want to do an improv class, mm -hmm. you know, yep. get in contact with yep, us. Yep, we'll, yep. we'll put you in contact with them. Yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah, sounds really good. Yeah. Yeah, really, there's just an endless amount of challenges you could do. There oh, is yeah. really no limit. Yeah, you could go not. forever. Because, like, I just thought right now, yeah, we could, like, step into a kitchen and try to make food. Yeah, yeah exactly. For one of the challenges. Yep. Like, try to try to plate it all nice and stuff. You know? Everybody's got to be the chef for the night. Like, you got to be, like, restaurant-quality <laughs> chef. Yes. You must make it visually appealing and <laughs> taste good. <laughs> Hell yeah. I like it. Hell get, yeah. Get some judges. Yeah. Oh, that. yeah. Oh, you might as well. Fucking terrible, guys. Yeah, this is horrible. <laughs> this should not be a book. God. <laughs> this is a TV show, man. This is a straight up. Yeah. Straight up. It is. So I don't know. What's next? We didn't decide. What's next? Yeah. It's hard to decide. To you pick. mean, I guess we just have to pick it. We just like, have to pick something. Where, do, where, it, do, yeah. you, where do you do them? You it doesn't matter. You do them it anywhere. It varies. It varies. So the improv one, we would have to rent a place and put on an improv show. Mm -hmm. Um. Or maybe we could partner with a group in town or something. An improv doing... open for them or something. Yeah, something. Maybe. Yeah, that's a good idea, actually. That's How... a potential, yeah. I've never, I don't know too many improv groups in town. Right, no, because there's then, there's yeah, a, there's the soap, a couple. The soaps, right? Saskatoon Soaps. Mm. It's an improv. Yeah, and then there's one in PA under Boucher Entertainment, my buddy Roger. Yeah. They have an improv section. Which his wife is in that section, mm. uh, but that's PA, not yeah. not Saskatoon. Yeah, but okay. Well, also oh, there's yeah. there's spiritual challenges. So there's a couple that I would love to do like right away. So like, float tank. That's not really a challenge, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just good. That's stuff. just good shit, man. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, what if it? Okay, uh -huh. then, yeah. Fine. What the if challenge. it was then a full day, not not a float tank, but like float tank to Maybe hot yoga to like meditation to like I like it. just like a full yeah sixteen hour day of all of all the spiritual practices right cool I like it and how you f yeah the, mm. and you film yourself that morning you wake up you're like hey guys we each do it where it's like hey guys like uh, this is how I'm feeling this morning kind of mm. identify that and then mm -hmm. do the same one after you've gone through the full day and be like hi guys mm. <laughs> I'm fucking so zen right now whatever it is you know mm -hmm. that's cool. Because even, even that one story day I did, I saw such a transgression from the beginning of my habits to the end of my habits where I was like, oh, mm. zen. I would love to do a no talking. I don't know how long, but no talking for a certain amount of time, kind of a monk practice. Mm. So whether that's two days, a week, one day, whatever it is, just, just no talking. Just have a sign around you yeah. saying, I'm doing a no talking challenge and go stand in a busy place. <laughs> Yeah, and people can write on it or something. Like have a back part where they oh can, yeah, just wear something. all white. I mean, they can they can just write all over. And you keep up. the shirt after. That'd be cool. That's yeah. cool. Hmm. Stuff like cool that. Stunt actually. Yeah. Um, I would like to. These are good ideas. Yeah. I would like to sit in dark for minimum twenty four hours. Mm. Silence, dark. Yeah. Like I was in my bath, the bathtub the other day, and I closed the door and turned the lights off. It was pitch black. So just that for. 
put mm. pillows in there, get comfy. In 24 hours, I'll probably fast while I do it mm. and probably have water, but nothing, 24 hours. And so just how see. would you film that, though? You, I think that would be boring. That's more of a. <laughs> I'm not watching it. <laughs> you can you can get one of those black screen guys. Uh, the have you not seen a, a the, the cameras that can see in the dark? Night vision. Night vision cameras. Right, but they're. I don't think they work in pure darkness. Well, either way, you talk about it. That's yeah. that's the valuable. Oh, yeah, people don't people don't give a shit about you meditating for twenty four right, so hours. Yeah, it would be more experience. of a. Like a commentary. Yeah. It's like, okay, guys, I'm heading into this. Okay, guys, I just finished 24 hours of pure darkness. Mm. Or, yeah, you can do it. uh, So, buddy of mine, Tyler Krause, he's a video guy. Uh, He's been filming himself sleep Mm. for, like, the last year. Mm. I showed you, I think, the video, right? Mm -hmm. And it's got, like, 6 million on Facebook right now of him, like, sleep talking. Whoa. Right? So... We could make for your in the dark video. Cool. It could be in that way where you just like show little snippets and highlights of like what's going on and like yeah. how your and talk how your mentality it. is changing right. throughout. Very cool. Mm-hmm. At this point, I was going through. This is what was happening with me, mm-hmm. and I went through this sort of transformation. I found myself in my childhood day. Yeah. Blah blah blah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. That, a, yeah. You know Vsauce on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You heard of that guy? Yeah. Uh, he has a minefield. It's the name of his premium show. Okay. And in, I think the first or second episode, he puts himself for 72 hours inside of a, like a room built this big with a bed, toilet, and just basic essentials. And the light stays on. It's like daylight brightness. It stays on the entire time. And you see like his mental challenges through the whole thing and it's like he did the perception of time is gone no yeah. within like a few hours you have no idea like what time it is he thought cool. it was 72 hours by the end of by before the end of day two no way yeah so at that point he's just like it's starting to go crazy yeah oh, oh yeah he was shit. he was going crazy that's fun fuck that's fun yeah and then there's cameras so people can monitor and see you outside of it as well like it was well done Mm. i highly recommend seeing that one well what about dirtier than all of this you guys and like actually like what do you mean i mean like actually asking yourselves like what are you afraid of what's your fears like sharks that's that's the hard thing Sharks. that's the thing is like just sharks what else like list a bunch of fears what else are you afraid of dying alone okay <laughs> How do we do that? I don't know, it's, man. It's heavy duty. You just go it's alone. Heavy duty. We could act that out. <laughs> we could act that out. Just being alone, then that's the darkness thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Um, that's what I mean. Like my fears are, like basically they're just like getting in a bed with snakes or getting in a bed with mm. spiders, like tarantulas. Mm. That would fuck oh, yeah. me up. Mm. That would fuck me the fuck up. There's mm. this thing that happened in Saw, I think, where there is a a bed. Or like a big hole filled with needles. I no, smell, thank you I on that. Bad burning. Yeah, yeah. That, that was definitely it. That was definitely. Oh, it. the sage is burning the. Yeah. yeah. I'll just hold it. Okay. Sorry. You need a stand. I know. It's like a clamp. Just like. Well, you can get you can get yeah. little. Uh, uh, it's hang. It. It's basically like a a pot that you would just put it in. Oh, you're, yeah. you're supposed to just have those. Just a metal tray. Yeah, a little yeah. metal tray. But I've been trying to buy one, and the universe has been like, nah. You don't get one. Nah. It's okay. I'm old. I got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I don't know if because 
I think that's the... <laughs> you, you guys wish you could see what's happening right now. <laughs> Too bad this isn't the video section. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so like, you I, have some I just, stuff in mind for this? No, I just mean like, I think... Because uh, I've I've watched a lot of things like this. You you're are you familiar with Yes Theory? Those guys, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. oh, yeah. big fans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so like the the thing that I noticed about Yes Theory, the ones that were the most successful, that were the most epic, were the ones where they were genuinely challenging their fears, their There's deeper real fears. Reaction. Mm-hmm. Because you, that's where you get through the vulnerability. That's where you move through stuff. Like this sixteen hour spirituality challenge is cool. It's not gonna create um, a ripple in your life. If you really challenge yourself to move through fears, you're going to fucking feel it. Like when you do that stand-up comedy challenge, you're going to feel it. You're going to get on the other side of that and be like, holy shit, whether people laughed or not. Mm-hmm. If you laid in a bed with a bunch of spiders, I don't know, that's maybe not the right challenge. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like if you're really confronting those fears that's where you're going to see the real changes in your life and that's mm-hmm. where fuck people will respond to that stuff like really well because you're you're putting yourself under the gun for mm-hmm. for their viewing entertainment <laughs> really. so what are you what are you afraid of Ooh, i think like right away uh the first one for me and it's not it's a weird one is um singing on stage I, I don't know why i've done a lot of musicals and stuff but just like a solo me singing is so freaky for some reason freaks me the fuck out oh yeah instantly it's like oh can't, man can't wait oh, for that you. one can't wait for you guys to do that oh thank you it's just like oh fuck love it yeah that's what i mean like i can't it's hard i would like to find one like i know that performing magic well, yeah, maybe maybe it's a thing where you you need to meditate with it. You mm-hmm. need to sit with it and come up with ideas. Like maybe it's not going to come right now. If you sit with it for a while, you'll probably start to come up with some things that are doable. Because the the spider one is like, yeah, you can, but how do you adapt that so it's I know like where are you going to get a hundred spiders in a bed that and you want to fucking put them on? With I don't you? really want to do that. I should, but oh, I yeah. like. Yeah, Obviously, I, I should, because yeah. I'll come out of that like the strongest human around, yeah. period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But maybe like a knife fight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I'm trying to think <laughs> of like, <laughs> trying to think of heights and stuff, but like, I jumped, I jumped out of a plane and... Like walking up to it, I was like, "Yeah, this is gonna be nothing." Like I've really? never done it before. And then, really? And then they were trying to make me more scared, and it was like still nothing. That's what I mean. And then they put, jumped out, and it was, it was still nothing. I was like, "Oh, this is good." Damn. Like I, I feel like the heights thing is I, not. I, yeah, the I'm fear trying for to. You. Not not heights. Definitely sharks. One hundred ten out of ten. Sharks. Most definitely sharks. Ocean water. Should get into like, a shark cage. Whew. Yeah. Okay. That's the same way that's to like, do it. That's like a Vancouver thing. Or I feel like Toronto. I would, wouldn't be scared in the cage, though. You probably would. Fucking sharks coming at you. I don't know how you would do a shark thing outside of a shark cage. I don't know. Uh, Can you swim David with Blaine did that with some great whites. Really? Uh, There's a picture of him underwater. He put milk into his mouth. Yeah. And then brought a cigar underwater with him and took a picture of him smoking a cigar where the smoke was actually milk. Oh my god. And he's underwater and he's got sharks out there. (sighs) That's fucking crazy, man. I'm gonna go pee again, you guys. Yeah, do it. Well we'll get into this acting game soon. I don't know. Yeah, sure. I was talking to some uh, divers 
mm-hmm. and they say that most sharks are just like puppies, like dogs. Yeah, they're not going to fuck with you at all. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't believe them. <laughs> you watched Jaws, didn't you? Uh, Is that where yeah, this all started? Well, I don't know everything. Where did just, it start? Do you remember? Can you pinpoint? Know. Was it like a later in life fear? Or? I don't know, man. I think it's just been a whole life fear. Whole, whole life, yeah. I don't know. Just like you can't see under there. I know. I'm the same, man. Well, and as, then, like, as soon as you can't see your feet, it's like, oh, fuck, what's happening here? Yeah. Hang on a second. <laughs> I need to be able to see my feet. I was uh, snorkeling in Mexico and, like, looking down. Mm. And then you can't see very far. I could see my feet, but, like, it was just nothing. Yeah. And then, like, there's a bunch of people around, so I'm like, oh, yeah. And then someone was like, what did they say? They're like, oh, look, a jellyfish. And I was like, oh, fuck. And then someone else screamed, and I was like, holy shit, I'm out of here. And I just beelined into the... pieced it. Oh, yeah, I was done. No more. I'm done. Thanks. You guys have fun in the water. I'm going yeah, back I'm, to the I'm boat. I'm going to have some mimosas. Yeah. And... <laughs> some samosas and mimosas. That, and sounds, yeah. that sounds good. Cool. <laughs> that does sound good. Uh, like, my legs are just half numb thinking about all this. Uh, crazy, man. Woo. It's that big of a fear. I, that's fucked up that you can jump out of a plane, but you can't yeah, I know. <laughs> go in water like, like that. Like, I'm not scared of avalanches either. I'll fucking beeline it down a hill and, like, go into the backcountry and how, snowboard. But How much does that say about the mental process involved with fear? Totally. It's yeah. just, like, 100% mental. All of this shit. It is, it is. Like, for me, uh, I was, okay, beautiful, like, the most gorgeous, beautiful, entitled women. That, I have a hard time because I have a resistance because I'm resistant to their entitlement because I know mm-hmm. it's just been given to them by being beautiful. Mm-hmm. And they've had <clears throat> lots of people approach them. So basically comparison, I don't like being compared to anybody on this earth. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm 1000% unique. Mm-hmm. You can't, if I walk up to you, that instantly puts me right lower status lower sure. status yeah. and i fucking hate being lower status yeah i hate it so that's that's a challenge that i could do hmm. that i think that's oh, the homeless challenge the homeless i there is a i think last year the year before there was like a group of like six people they made a documentary in saskatoon here hmm. where they were all uh they all had different ailments different quote unquote diseases that they were given so one one guy had to put a uh, needle in him with insulin every once in a while because he was diabetic, but he wasn't actually diabetic. So mm-hmm. it was like, it was a fake thing, but still had to do the, the whole action of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had no money, no ID for, I think, 40, 24 or 48 hours mm-hmm. in Saskatoon. And it like documented and showed how they went through Saskatoon and like how real that actually is with yeah. the people here. Damn. Like yeah. people are actually going through <clears throat> some of that. That's fucking crazy. And like, that's you, a good one. Yeah, you ask people for a change when, of course, they don't know anything what's going on. So mm-hmm. most of the time, they're just like, nah, fuck you, get a job. Mm-hmm. When really, you know, there's sometimes a deeper story there. Mm. You don't know. They may actually need that in that moment. Yeah. And it's hard to know, but you want to kind of blanket everybody as the same thing. Yeah. It's yeah. too hard to just be like... See, I, mm-hmm. I, think, I think in that moment, who you are you've defined yourself as in this life i think that's why it's fun because mm. you all of a sudden get everything taken away well all you have is the skills you've built so if i'm panhandling it's true i know i'm a good sale i can fucking send so much love to this person that they're gonna they're gonna be like oh yeah you know like i'm gonna be the best panhandler there is 
Well, here's an interesting time to talk about the mastery and the fucking relatedness, connectedness, the yep. autonomy thing again, because it's like if you spent your whole life just working on your skill set, yep. not focusing on a destination, you could literally have everything in your life collapse and still remain perfectly happy in this. Totally. You would, you would, you'd have momentary upsetness, but you would be able to fall right back into yourself and be like, well, I have I what did, I've built. I've, yeah, I have everything that I've built my whole life. I can it's never like, lose me. Yeah. I, I've built my skills. I've built my everything. I'm the dope. My life's not dope. Yeah. I'm, I'm fucking dope. I'm the dope one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm the dopest. I'm the dopest. I'm what makes my life dope. Yeah. yeah not what so I true. have. So true. I've always felt that where, like, I've had times in my life, it's maybe not a good, I try to avoid this because I'm like, I don't want it to happen, but I'll be like, you know, I'd probably be happier if my house lit on fire, sorry, Hadlin. <laughs> if my house lit on fire and I walked away with nothing, I'd probably be happier. Probably. And, and like, end. like dad, dad or mom are like, you better back up your shit. Like, what if you lost all those songs? I'm like, let's write new ones. Those don't define me. Yeah. Nothing defines me. Yeah. Nothing at all. It would be freeing in a way. It would be, be like, so freeing. Well, I guess I don't have to do that EP anymore. Yeah. Well, look, I'll just create new, a new thing. Yeah. And I'll mm-hmm. buy a new guitar, a new interface. It'll be fun. Yeah. You know? That's funny because recently just had a conversation. It was like, if, it, if the house was on fire, what would I grab? And I was like, I'm grabbing my hard drives. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, shit. <laughs> Got some different mindsets in here. Yeah. I'm grabbing those hard grabbing drives. My fucking life's work, man. I'm fucking <laughs> roasting a marshmallow. Yeah. <laughs> Saul's roasting a marshmallow, yeah. What am I grabbing? I'm just getting the fuck out of there, man. I don't care. <laughs> My shit. I, Depends I, how bad the fire is. Yeah, it's true. True. So it's like a raging fire. You can only you only have time to grab one I've, thing. I thought of this. So, my my fair bedroom's on the top floor. There's a balcony, mm. and I think in a panic, in a crisis, if you will, mm. I could leap, dive through the air, hit the top of the garage. Do a ninja roll. Nice. And You'd then another it. jump. You'd make it. Yeah. And I'd be on the You'd ground in two seconds. But what, no problem. Wh- what could you hold while you were doing a ninja roll? Nothing. No. <laughs> Fuck. Maybe so one maybe just, one of the two dogs. Just yourself. You don't <laughs> and then I don't know what Terry's. No, no, no. Do. You just Shit. the dogs. Throw the dogs. Yeah. You throw them. She, oh, she tosses the dogs <laughs> to me. Yeah. yeah. And then what is she? She's screwed. <laughs> she stays. She's Bye, just, Terry. I, I think she could make the jump too. She can make the jump. The dive roll too. I but think really, if in you that get moment, onto the roof, you yeah. could jump house to house. Actually, I've oh, I've yeah. been on the roof and I'm like, oh, you're fine. Man, I want to do. You got a way out. We man. should do that. I want to go roof to roof to roof and go all the way to that apartment let's building. Go, let's over go there. on. Let's go. <laughs> I think that's one of the challenges. Let's, yeah. <laughs> let's go on that roof and film videos. How far can oh, you man, go? That, that one's a scary one though. Because what if it's, what if there's like weak spots and we end up going through it in there? That would be funny. Oh. Just land on the couch like. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, yep. I meant yep. Nice place. <laughs> all right. Later. See you guys later. <laughs> It's this just like fun. 20 people there. All just like, <laughs> just like uh, dude, smoking what? crack. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're like, things, oh, I see that was you're talking it? about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Are you here for crack? Yeah. <laughs> like, sure. Sure. Okay. I guess. <laughs> Why Since not? I'm here anyway. Yeah, fuck it. If I must. <laughs>
the crack challenge? What? Oh. <laughs> that's, dude, that's a real no, thing, though. Not the crack challenge, though, but I could see, like, I don't know. What? You could do crack, but, like, no, fucking, what no, about. Yeah, but what about, like, what about something more enlightening, like doing well, acid and, well, and Hadlin's, some Hadlin's DMT? DMT, yeah. Or, uh, right? yeah. So that would be that would be one for you. Never done acid? Right. Ooh, doggy dogs. That would be an intense one. That would be a really good mm-hmm. one. A really good one. I just, I've heard a lot of bad stories where it's like, it just changes everything. All of the wiring is changed and i don't know i never the same after which is like a little scary to me no man if it's only the resistance to it that creates problems if Mm. you if you fight what you go through you'll you'll have issues but seriously it's it's because there's so much control that we want to maintain over things Mm -hmm. but if you're an open-minded person when you get into it Mm -hmm. and you can release that criticism of what you want it to be Mm -hmm. it's a amazing experience uh the most positively life-changing experience I've yeah. ever had anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would go do like a, an ayahuasca trip. Mm. Go down to whatever yeah, country that, that is and experience that. that. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sounds really fun. Steve Jobs, mm. he, he did acid, right? Mm-hmm. He did, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Microdose That was as like well. a microdose. Okay. Yeah. So, so that, and that was to help him more creative and like so mm. ben greenfield the guy i always talk about this yep. su- this surprised the shit out of me because he's a chemistry guy mm-hmm. this this guy was like university level uh in in like high school kind of thing like he's just like that intelligent and he's now in his 30s so he's mm-hmm. been all his life and now he has a key uh, his company Keon. so he chemistry wise this guy is like knows everything mm-hmm. and he was doing i was listening to a mind valley Um, presentation he did and he's going through all these different things he's given like basically a hundred different things that he's currently using in his life and he casually drops um here and there like when he 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 told the purpose of why he microdoses acid he was i can't remember exactly but he was like when i'm when i'm in the process of whatever writing a book or i need this i will microdose because it does this that it chemically does this 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 and this and when I heard him say it, I was like, right, we, we use chemicals every fucking day. Acid's another chemical. Yeah. You've just, we've just put a label on it, mm-hmm. but we use chemicals every, every single day. Yeah. Microdosing is well, definitely, I agree with all of that because it's like, there's nothing bad. I believe in the world. There's nothing bad. Right. But you, everything can also yes. be bad. Absolutely. Sure. In copious amounts For and too sure. much like yeah. water will can kill you yeah yep. you drink too much of it right yep. Fucking like drown. anything can yeah. yeah exactly i mean i've been microdosing on and off for the last six months now or i guess just about a year now and to me like if i ever feel mentally stuck or in a rut yeah the moment that i microdose it's like my intuition reconnects with my heart and everything just falls right back into place it's like i remember who i am i reconnect with myself and what I my purpose is and why I'm here and there's nothing no other substance that I've ever found like smoking weed for years didn't do that at all nothing else I've tried even mushrooms I tried microdosing mushrooms no not the same well the most recent acid trip that that I did um we did we did a lot and it was such a fucking intense experience because we did it with Travis who recently lost his brother 
So we went through like... And that's... Uh, I. It was dangerous. But you, you can call anything dangerous, but the thing is that when you get to the other side, on the other side of fear is greatness. Uh, it's just, to me, it's like when you have somebody who's in such a vulnerable state already, that's a therapy session. It's not, uh, it is. It's not anything else. And the problem was 100%. that... It's just like, okay, so I have the back end of the story is, is, but okay, I don't want to, I would rather before we can, you can go into that, but I'd like to talk about my point that I was going to make, which is a bit lighter first, which is just my experience. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, like when I look back on my relationships, uh, the person, like I can't see the bad because to me, anything that is bad, anything that's been a struggle in my life has come with such a reward attached to it that I yeah. actually can't see it as bad. Yeah, for sure. So the same thing happens with acid, acid trips or drug trips for me is that anytime I go through what maybe someone would call a bad trip, I'm, I love it because mm. I come out the other side so strong from it. Mm. And so that was, that was a time where we did a lot and I did it with Travis, absolutely. Mm. But there's reasons. And when I walked, now I understand why. At the time, I just kind of subconsciously act. I just... Yeah. I just do, but I was in a rut. I was in a deep, deep rut before that. Like one of the darkest places so far that I've been in a long time where I had all this spiritual growth and then all of a sudden like I wasn't walking. I was staying inside, wasn't exercising. I wasn't being with nature. I wasn't being with myself. Mm -hmm. I detached. I was spending so much time on Instagram. There was something deep going on inside of me. And that acid trip, smashed my reality mm. and brought me right in an, in a night we woke up the next day and did a podcast oh yeah we woke up the next day and did a podcast and it was one of the most interesting like transitions that i've been through where i was kind of worried about the podcast but i let go of that mm. and i allowed myself just to be in the podcast and we got into some really lovely topics mm. and i kind of used that moment to work out some of the acid things and like the, some of the stuff I had gone through. I know you're trying to remember. <laughs> I'm trying to think which episode. Don't tell me. I'll, I won't. I'll, I won't. And, and I think I know already which episode that was. You do because it was different. Mm-hmm. It was weird. Something mm-hmm. was different even in me, right? And then just the whole week and everything and even the way I thought about music after that. Oh, yeah. I learned so much in such a compact form. That's all. Yeah. It's just like here's 10 hours of extreme learning yeah get it and then you walk away and you're like yeah okay i bow i bow down to the universe would you say it's like it gets you into a state where you're thinking a lot it's hard to say thinking because what i would call it this is what i would call it is we so for example music music is such a simple thing there's really only a certain amount of chords you can play but when we look at instruments as humans we overcomplicate it there's only a certain amount of stories, but we believe there's all these stories. So all it is is acid is like, Psh, yo, nothing is as complicated or as overwhelming. You already know everything. You already know, but this human meat body in this society has forced you to overthink everything. So it goes, stop overthinking. You already know. And then you walk away and you go, yes, everything is in and out. You're just, it simplifies the shit out of everything in your life. And you realize we're just humans. There's only this and there's only that. Black and white. Everything is an, an exaggeration of that. But person to person, obviously, as well. Because sure. the, the, and that's what I'm trying to say about Travis here is that 
if if you're in if you've had that kind of experience where your brother has committed suicide mm -hmm. and now you're going into this state and you're surrounded with other people who are not there as therapists they're there for their own experience you've got Caitlin you're speaking from Caitlin's perspective no I'm right not now. I'm not and don't defend I'm speaking from my perspective my perspective is that if you do this and you've got individuals who are after different goals you've got Caitlin who just wants to have fun you've got you who's seeking to heal themselves and uh, improve your musical abilities and you've got Travis who's there for I don't know what he was focused on but when you've had that level of trauma prior to doing something that extreme you're asking for a therapy session and so if you don't have the other parties involved in that you're you are bound everyone's gonna split up and go their separate ways and that's when crazy shit happens and I'm glad it didn't but that's when Travis could have done some crazy shit and that's where you defend it all you want but I'm just saying from my perspective I would have never done that. And when Caitlin told me that you guys were doing that, I was my heart was so fucking worried. I was like, holy shit. So scary. But obviously it worked out in the end in a positive way. It's just that's my interpretation of that is because acid is not a thing to be fucked with. Not at all. It can do amazing things, but it can also do, like you said, freaky shit. And that's where the freaky shit happens is when you're, when you're bringing up stuff that's... It, there's not it's not a safe environment for it because what happened Caitlin shut him off yeah you had to shut him off and then he had to go on his own thing so the the therapy that could have happened in this where it could have been really healing and a supportive environment and I know it was in the end he went and figured it out but it just brought up turmoil brought up tension it brought up things in ways that weren't really supported and that's where it's like well I don't want to defend it I just want to add my perspective sure rather than defending. Yep. Um, my perspective of the whole scenario is that Travis and I are working together. Yeah. And that's a universe bound thing. Yep. Like even when I've tried to push Travis away, the universe goes, no, you, this, this is the right thing. And I've felt that over and over and over. Mm -hmm. And I've been annoyed by it. And I've been like, why, why does it keep bringing us together sometimes? Right? That's, that's the feeling because Travis has so much to go through in himself and so what I realized the reason the reason I did the acid trip and subconsciously you always know everything for me I always know everything before it happens so the person I am today well I was connected to this person in that moment when I made that decision mm -hmm. and same Caitlin made in a, a subconscious agreement as well and there was stuff for Caitlin and I we needed Travis's tension for us to go through what we get, went through to get where we're at today with our friendship. And so the combination of all of that was subconsciously in agreement before it happened. And basically I needed, I needed Travis to go through what he went through to, because we were becoming too entangled in a negative way. Mm. And it was taking over my life and I needed to destroy, I needed to burn that to the ground. And that's what that trip did. Mm. It burned it to the ground. And my subconscious knew that going into it. Mm. And that's why I can be where I'm at and be like, I, I think if you asked every single one of us, we're all like, that was an amazing trip. Because we got to, yeah, in the moment, for sure, it's turmoil and it's this and it's that. 
And if you only looked at it from that perspective in that moment, well, it's uncomfortable. It's just, I'm, I'm happy it turned out the way it did. It's just, uh, from a logical standpoint, like if I'm a therapist and I'm recommending you guys do acid to work on whatever, no chance in hell am I doing it that way. I'm not. I, and, see, that's my benefit, I think, in life is that I don't live in logic. So I understood, again, subconsciously that I know Travis in, is in a place that he can handle it. I know Caitlin. Like, I'm good at reading people and their energy levels. If Travis was in a more fragile state, if I hadn't gotten to know him in the way I have and gotten to know his energy and understand his strength, mm -hmm. then I wouldn't have done that. Mm -hmm. Period. Period. I should also add that None of us are experts on this, so no, please yeah. don't follow any of our yeah. recommendations Ideas or that recommendations. may be construed as such, because yeah. everybody should don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. Basically. I think but at the same time, there are some benefits to it, which yeah. is why like, I, I like yeah. this contrast between yeah. both of you and your stories. Mm. I just want to also expel ourselves yeah, from totally. any uh, liability. Because we're course. not recommending that anybody yeah. listening to this. I'm, I'm recommending you do your own journey. And my own journey is a journey exactly. of, of like, of it is a recklessness. And I'm willing, I'm willing to face my own death if that is what happens. And I'm, I'm okay with whatever needs to be. And I'm just, I'm just living my life by following. Yeah. So I'm listening and I'm responding to that. And if, if that means that flowing. I... It's flowing. Mm -hmm. And if that means I have to die... Or if in that moment Travis went home and killed himself, well, that's what needed to happen, and that's the effect that needed to spread out. That's not what happened at all. No. Uh, it's whatever. I'm, I'm going to stop arguing this point because you're going to perpetually argue your end, and totally. I will perpetually argue mine. So totally. we'll just move on because, yeah, there's no – it's just a perspective thing. That's it all. is. So, it is, yeah. yeah. It's a journey thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think the the right thing is – combination of all of it together 100 percent. Mm -hmm. yeah you know mm -hmm. we're both we're both right in our own mm -hmm. and like i will i will move forward there's no way that i can hear your words and not bring them into my being because that's how i am even though i'm quote unquote arguing this is what i do and going forward i will always i always take the person who i'm arguing with quote unquote arguing again it's, to me it's not arguing but i will always take your words into my being and move forward with them because why wouldn't I? That's the best way to live is to take everybody's perspectives. And so I really appreciate your pr perspective and I appreciate your position in this because mm -hmm. it's super important. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I, I liked hearing both, both of your perspectives and mm. yeah, mm. it makes a lot of sense. Like it can be very, very dangerous, which is why it's yes. like, should definitely not recommend anyone to do that. But at the same time, I understand that you like you could sense something in Travis and how strong yeah. he actually is, which is why you knew that it would mm -hmm. be yeah he'd be okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, like I know that you'd be able to sense if somebody was in a even da more dangerous situation. Like I, I trust that your judgment on people to that level. Yes. But I, but like not everyone is like that. Yes. So like it generally speaking which is what you're saying is like right it's super dangerous very right like, right if you're in deep trauma and you bring that trauma up and it's not ready to come up mm -hmm. that's when you go insane that's yeah. when that's when yeah. what you're talking about happens where mm -hmm. reality 
fucking melts before your eyes and you're like, holy shit. And Perpetually. And, and but sometimes you need that. Sometimes that's true. the right thing. But that's where we, there are therapists who are trained in this now. There's right. people who are doing, like, the latest thing is uh, ketamine treatment for d uh, depression. They found that ketamine is one of the best ways to treat depression now. So they've got therapists that are getting trained in this ketamine treatment. And it's a, I believe it's an IV drip the way they do it now. And that they've said the way that it changes your neural pathways is unfathomable. There's no better treatment for depression right now. Hmm. Uh, as long as it's administered. Administered the proper way yeah. and with a therapist who's yeah. there to basically protect your safety while you're going on this journey because yeah. shit happens, you know. Like I had a, a wild example. I did salvia with a friend one time and we took... There's different layers of salvia. You've got like 10x, 50x, 100x. Mm -hmm. We took 100x. Didn't really know what we were doing. It's a 15-minute trip. Well, he decides it's a good idea to go run outside. He needs to go outside. And the whole concept was we're going to stay inside because we'll be safe. Well, he sees a spaceship outside. He has to go chase it. Before you know it, he's running across one of the busiest streets in Saskatoon. There's fucking cars ripping by. It's like, yeah, well, what do you expect? So that's where it's like, you know, it's just because you're pulled out of this reality a little bit where if you don't have some kind of confines for yourself, some kind of safe space to just say like, hey, shit can happen. People can grab knives and shit. People can do crazy stuff when they're out of this reality because they're they're not really sensing. They're they're in their own world. They don't know what's illusion and what's reality. So it's hard to really know. And that's where that's where people die. That's where people kill each other. That's where crazy shit happens. And Mm -hmm. Not not all the time, but mm -hmm. that is when it's going to happen. Is when you're when you don't have a safe environment or somebody who's rooted in reality to be yeah. like, hey, no 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 no, knife That's, knife down, no yeah. no no no, you're right. not going out back. Stay inside. And the yeah. mental preparation before yeah. as well. Yeah. And that's, so that's something that I do harbor within me, and I know that is that within a drug trip, like there's never a moment where I'm totally out of reality yeah. but that's that's you lots yeah, of yeah, people yeah. go whoa and gone. that's why that's why i'm a safe safe space to do drugs with because i will take care of everybody who's around mm. no matter what and i'll make sure like like hadlin said like i'm a judge of character so like for example what you said yeah there's some people like like marley yeah there you go right there's examples mm -hmm. of people who are not at that point in their spiritual journey i might call mm -hmm. it where they can handle, like you said, like they lose all of themselves. They mm -hmm. lose everything. And they're not ready to do a drug trip. Yeah. They're just not because they will get lost. They'll run into the street. Some shit will happen. That's for real. Mm -hmm. Or even a great example, Graham and I went to a pop-up rave mm -hmm. on uh, Granville Island mm -hmm. in, uh, not Granville Island. Uh, yeah, uh, Stanley Park. Stanley Park in Vancouver. And we, ro we rolled up. Okay. And we did we did some drugs and we yep. did some alcohol blah blah blah. We were in Mixed serious way too much shit. That way was too a much crazy night. It was a crazy night. <laughs> it was but like since we're spilling the beans here on it was a lot. It was a lot of stuff. Sorry, mom. Yeah, sorry, mom. Straight Spe up. Special K, uh, lots of booze, ecstasy, uh, multiple ecstasy pills. Yeah, and like. A fucking far out of this reality you're not supposed to meet, mix yeah booze and special k or yeah. booze and ecstasy and like we did everything for for mom's sake for mom's sake i'm gonna say mom like we've learned from that because of that yeah. experience we'll never do anything like that again for sure but but okay so 
the the thing about this adventure is we the, we never would have done this if it weren't for the shaman who took us on this journey yes. which is a buddy of mine Tommy who yes. has passed away unfortunately from more of his <laughs> he's just he took everything to the next level he just yeah. needed to one up constantly constantly yeah but he he is well versed in this stuff he was doing it first we had seen okay it's safe yeah it's he's fine we're yeah. gonna be fine He's doing it. We've asked him the questions. He's very safe with what he does. So it's like, okay, good. So we took that journey with him. He took us to Stanley Park. Yeah. And then we went off on our own journey. I want to talk about yep. my, my personal perspective on what happened that night. Yeah. Because we rolled up to the quote-unquote rave part. Yeah. And we, when we rolled up, my intuition was like, this, this is, is wrong. Yeah. They didn't have a fire going. Yeah. They didn't have lights. Yeah. So you have a bunch of humans who are on drugs. And I know this in this moment. Yeah. I'm like, are you fucked? If you have fire, people are drawn. They feel safe at fire. Light you is have, the safety. Light is the safety. You don't have that. Guess what? They roll up. They feel weird. And then they wander into the fucking woods mm -hmm. on drugs. So if you're, this is what I have to say, is if you're putting on some, first of all, this relates to being on stage and this relates to so much in life. If you're in that moment, if you have people who are on drugs, it is your fucking responsibility to take care of those people, to make sure everything, if you're going to put on a pop-up rave, you make sure that you're taking care of those drug people because they're lost wanderers. Yeah. And someone wandered off a fucking cliff that night. And died. And died. Yeah. They walked off. Uh, yeah, and it was, it was the strangest experience ever, because, like, basically Saul and I were, I don't know, we were listening to the music, tripping out, doing our thing, and then you just felt this ripple come across the whole park, and this energy changes. Everything went from being fun to just, like, dark, and yeah. then the whole space just changed. The people start freaking out, and everyone's moving faster and they're leaving they're trying to get out of there and then cops appear and there's ambulances and it's just like what the fuck just happened and you just come out of this experience that was supposed to be so uh enlightening, like, enlightening and, fun. and fun and and joyous and just this event of like oh yeah uh, just having this spiritual journey and then all of a sudden it's it's actually because of the event coordinators it is period so whoever set that up really i'm sure feels terrible for what true. they did true they but hopefully learned but yeah. yeah the reality is you need fucking lights you you put you on lights. a festival you take care of people and like the you cliffs, make sure all the measures are there but that's the the very issue here is pop-up rave and it was illegal so yeah, it wasn't yeah. there was no safety precautions whatsoever totally so. but there's still even like i know if i put on a pop-up rave oh fuck dude. Right? me too of course right i, I know and I would, I would harness the intention of that and yeah. da, da, da. So people would show up and they'd like, oh, I feel love and I want to yeah. dance. And yeah. yeah, I'm having a good experience versus like, oh, my God, it's dark and this music is dark. And like, mm -hmm. I'm going to go wander into the bush. Yeah. 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 So that's an example because that person is a person who mm -hmm. was not ready for that journey. They were, they, but they could have, it's as simple as like, you're, you're morphing between this reality and the next. You're, yeah. you're not totally present. Oh, I got to go pee. I walk over to a cliff to go pee. You know, take a whiz here. You don't even know it's a cliff probably. And then fucking yeah, next thing you know, black, right? next yeah. thing you know, you're, and there's no safety ropes. There's no, nothing no. marking it. It's just like, it's just a space. Yeah. 
So really, it's like, yeah, you have to, you do need some precautions because you're Absolutely. you're gonna leave this reality. So you you need to make sure like this reality is safe yeah. first before I go. This space is safe. Good. Okay. Now I'm leaving. So yeah. <laughs> Wish me luck. Yeah. And make sure like to anyone who wants to do drugs, like if you're gonna do it, you have to do it with somebody who has experience. Mm and who will be safety mm. period yeah you need somebody who's gonna take care of you in those moments yeah it's true because if you go off the rails and you're alone or you're with people who are also going off the rails that's hard you just have a bunch of people going off the rails yeah. some shit's gonna happen so have somebody who's grounded who's been through this experience before and can be your safety yeah. you're rooting you're grounding yeah. and don't just take their word yeah. that they'll do it you have to see physically yes and in them doing this in other areas of life exactly yeah. not just oh yeah i'll do it you yeah. know what i mean yeah like it, I, yeah. yeah and it's got to be in their character for sure exactly totally. yeah. there's there's people there's people for this i know i'm one of those people that's mm -hmm. part of my journey is to go play festivals and have people who are out of themselves and help them transform in that experience mm. in a positive healthy way mm -hmm. yeah yeah totally guide people that's my gift is i have an attachment to the divine so i can guide people through those experiences mm. divine experiences mm -hmm. got dark got dark in here got dark and then <laughs> bringing back the light yeah we're bringing back the light now bringing, bringing it back, back. The light. well we needed to we both know it's important like when you brought that in we knew that we needed to go and go into that and say yeah drugs are serious so mm. that's our mm -hmm. like Hey, you're listening to this? Don't, mm. yeah. Drugs are serious. Mm -hmm. We're going to scare you a little bit because it's important to be scared. Just to have respect for them. Respect, That's, that's exactly. the thing. Like I, or there was this time when I had the worst mushroom trip ever, and it was, it was, I was just a kid, and I had fucking, this is the worst thing I've ever done. Whoever I did this to, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh -oh. I'm All sorry. right. Uh-oh. <laughs> I it was just like I don't know I was just drunk out of my mind and I was with some hooligan friends and we were at Ness Creek mm -hmm. we fucking decided it was a good idea to go into people's tents Ooh. so we went into somebody's tent and we stole mushrooms from them Ooh. and then we fucking did those mushrooms oh, oh my and it was God. like talk about disrespecting the mushroom gods <laughs> holy fuck that was the worst trip of my life yeah because you deserved that I know I deserved it absolutely <laughs> And I felt like I was going off the fucking rails with that because it was like, whoa. And then after, that was me getting a lesson from the universe like, hey, motherfucker, yeah. you respect drugs. These, these are not a thing to fuck around with. You treat them with respect. And you do, you, energetically, you need, to, you need to be giving just as much as you're getting from it. And mm. uh, if you are not in a place to do that or you've done something karmically wrong that's pulling you out it's like fuck no address that shit before you go into it because that's where again that's where it gets dangerous that's where it's like Ooh. and not that the trip ruined my life or anything but it scared me away from mushrooms for a long time it was totally. years before i did it again because i was like oh there was the, it was the mushrooms it was the mushrooms but really yeah it was me yeah. it was what happened yeah so. Anyway, sorry, I think there's man. a perfect parallel between respecting drugs because there's such a, an, an extreme feeling that you can get as opposed to reality from drugs. So mm. it's like really obvious that something's going on. But mm. like in your day to day life, for instance, if you have an interaction with another human being, 
and you're like just and you're not respecting them mm. you know you don't really notice it or if you're going to your job and you don't respect your job and you right being a shithead at work don't right really notice you it. know like that whole respect thing it's massive it's not just the drugs like yeah but i think that is a great parallel to yeah. everything else like mm. if you go up on stage for instance and you're not respecting the work that you're putting in mm. yeah you know you might have a bad show and you might think oh it was the audience or, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. it was this totally. or it was that yeah when really but if you respect what you're doing in that moment mm. you'll see magic totally in whatever it is you're doing doesn't yeah, matter that's a really yeah. good point right there's a parallel between all of it there mm. is um, I think uh, that's a really good lesson mm-hmm. yes. to bring forward into everything that you do. Yeah. Yes. So I kind of feel where a lack of respect comes is that we live in an era where we kind of deny ourselves a certain level of intensity in our life because we live in North America and our lives are kind of a certain way. Mm-hmm. So I think that what happens is that's why people go drink every weekend or do drugs in a non-respectful right. way. And it's been linked to exactly that, to escapism. Escapism. Mm-hmm. So we, I, I, I link it back to this. Like I have, for some reason have, I don't like war. I don't like the concept of war, but it, I like, I like the concept of what it does to you as a human, because you go into war, you go into battle. There's a certain level of respect in, mm. in war. Like I'm thinking like sword sword battles back in the day like there's a certain level of respect and when you come out of that battle you you've gone through so much like you've become so connected to yourself and to death that you don't take life for granted and you respect everybody whereas people now we're not we're not facing death we're da 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 we've been removed from it so they go on these drug trips these intense they take it on they drink every weekend because they're not experiencing intensity in their life that we need as humans we need these reminders so they go on a bender all weekend and that's the equivalent to going to war Mm. with themselves and they go through all these transformations this intensity like oh i was crying here i fought this person i this i that i that and they come out the weekend well they just went to battle Mm. and then they can face their week again so a lot of people aren't experiencing those things where you could experience that like we get on stage or we rock climb, or we uh, do karate, or whatever. That's why challenges are so important. You need yes. to challenge yourself on a yep. daily basis. Daily. Absolutely. Find some sort of way to get out of your comfort zone. Yes. To experience all of that, and that turn that into escapism. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Bing bong. There's yep. a way to direct yeah. it. Yeah, totally. Rather than exactly mm-hmm. doing it in an unhealthy, a non-respect way. Yeah. You have to respect those challenges. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So let's let's schedule something. Yes. Yeah. Let's okay. schedule this challenge. Okay. Right live, not live, but you know. Almost. Which challenge? On the tubes. Uh <sighs> still haven't decided. Which one? We'll, we'll have to decide off mic, I think. Okay, but let's let's pick a date maybe. Sure. And so it's like okay. A couple weeks, month, what? Yeah. Yep. Can do it. Uh well, let's see. Currently on the fifteenth of April, halfway through the fourth month. Late April. Yeah. Just call it late April. Yeah, we don't need mm-hmm. much time. The 30th is a Tuesday. Sure. The 29th is a Monday. That would be another episode. So, like, we could do the episode. Yeah. And then later that same day. Do that. the challenge. Yeah. To that. Yeah. Monday the 29th. Monday the 29th. 
Okay. At some point. And challenge. <laughs> It'll be that day. TBD. Yeah. We'll announce <laughs> the challenge. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's got to be, yeah. it's got to be, that's the, that's why we're having a hard time because it's got to be something that challenges all of us. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, you can't do individual challenges, I suppose. Because if it's like singing on stage. Yeah, it's easy for but you. But that's where you could take the challenge of teaching in yeah. that moment. Yeah, so you take, teaching the, that you take the lead on whatever challenge okay. you're, right? Fair. There's different would, leads, and yeah. if it so happens to be your strength, then you're the lead That's fair. in that challenge. That's yeah. fair. So you step back from from the regular challenge, but take the challenge of That's That's a good point. That's a really mm-hmm. good point. Okay, I like yeah. that. Yeah. And then, but if, if it was like dancing, none of us are professional dancers, so yeah. then, okay, yeah. This outside individual from yeah. the challengers, people doing the challenges, we just are doing and the challenge and yeah. then it's like i said like it's advertising yeah, like if, oh yeah if aaron really comes good. and teaches us dance it's like well aaron teaches dance class you want to mm-hmm. do you yeah. want to learn like us yeah go talk to aaron exactly yeah, yeah. and that's then good. then we have to put in like twenty thousand percent effort i want to do the make dance them look even better yeah i totally. want to do the it's dance because like, we want people totally to, we want to funnel more people to help out local businesses and all yeah. of that so we have to do good at these challenges Yo. yeah are you guys down to do the dance challenge? I would do a dance challenge. Sure. Dance I'm challenge. not that scared okay, by but, it though, but so then dancing. Okay, but like, you have to perform. So we have we have to perform a group yeah. dance. Okay. In like a public setting, whether it's on a stage <laughs> or just like that's maybe good. it's maybe Let's it's, do it on the street. Yeah. That's better. <laughs> that's so, more of a challenge. Yeah. With something like that, <laughs> that's a challenge. We're, yeah. we're gonna need lessons. <laughs> yeah. We're yeah. gonna have to schedule with. Yes. We might need more. Him, her, or others. Yeah, so. Well, yeah. I don't think the 29th would be smart. Yeah, we probably don't have time for, for that. that. But yeah. I think we should start that conversation with her. Yeah. Or yeah. Well, we're we're just gonna really we're just gonna do like a yeah. five to ten minute yeah. something. You know, it's mm-hmm. got to be in a weird it's, public setting. It's got to be like in on mall, Broadway in or yeah, in the mall. It's got to be like a flash dance yes. thing. We'll do like a flash mob. A flash mob. <laughs> a five minute yes. dance, dude. That that'll take a long time to learn. Like a couple minutes, whatever, yeah. whatever. A couple minutes, nice dance, whatever. Mm-hmm. Draw, in a public. Draw, it'll oh be yeah, great. it's got to be a public place. Think, and we must be yeah. in costume. We must yeah. be like fully oh, suited up. There you yeah. go. Let's let's make it so that we look normal. Yeah. And then we just like have costumes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it'll be the us like three it. plus yeah. Travis. I could see that kind of being. Yeah, like, I like it. Really, sure. and we'll just like <laughs> do our dances together, and people are gonna be like, "What the, <laughs> what fuck? the fuck is these dudes?" <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll be like, "There's no right. reason, really. <laughs> no one's getting married. We're just yeah. doing this. <laughs> no destination. Peace. No destination. <laughs> <laughs> no, and then like hidden cameras too. So yes. it's like, yeah. yes. Totally. What the, what the fuck? And there's like not even very many of us. There's only four. <laughs> yeah, so not, not, not really like... a flash mob. Yeah, it's like four is what hilarious. Are these guys, are like... these guys high? <laughs> it's good, but what the fuck? <laughs> I don't even know if it's gonna be good, but <laughs> it'll almost be good. Yeah, it'll be oh. something. It's gonna anyway. be something. <laughs> good. Well, yeah. I don't know. Aaron and I have been talking about this kind of because cool. I want to do it for music videos. Where yeah. basically, if we could have the four of us doing synchronized shit to my music and videos, like that's cool as fuck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's yeah. like, you can do con- you can do simple dance moves, yeah. but if we do it with dedication and we're doing these moves, like then people are like, oh. Damn. As long as we're dedicated, we all know that. Oh yeah. And if you could somehow do that with the clones, oh, where all four clones cool. oh, yeah. are all synchronized just, somehow. It's just you play you play the music and you, you just do it to music cues. Right. Wow. Yeah. It's a good one. 
Mm-hmm. I like that. I, I always had, I have this weird, like, sorry to interrupt you there. No, no, no. Have, it's it's have, all good. I have this weird desire mm-hmm. to, and it's the strangest thing. I've wanted to do this for years where it's just like, um, it's, I think it's just from doing performance for so long, but I think it's this idea of like just taking a song, whatever the song may be, one camera, just you, starting small, mm-hmm. very gentle, dancing, 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 eventually like that absurdity curve thing slowly building to where your dance is the most fucking absurd thing possible where it's just out of this world but it's your nat most natural true dance moves yeah because that that level of expression is just not seen and it's just like there's something about that to me that is so enticing to be able to just give everything to this weird fucking dance i agree and then just put it out there as what i don't know it'd be so entertaining though people would love it i agree and 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 even more the less they expect you to do it the better it'll be so like all every one of well you're less because people expect more outgoingness from you yeah but i know hadlin less <laughs> me way less people are not going to expect that shit from us at all so that would be the contrast right. from your base personality to what you're giving them is that's a good point. hilarious mm-hmm. fucking hilarious i like that i like what you just said like contrasting what people normally think of you yeah as heavy as you can yeah totally i like that mm-hmm. i don't know what that would be for me but just be normal <laughs> That's hard, man. <laughs> yep. You gotta. You have to oh, go yeah. to work five days a week. Yeah. That's my challenge, oh, dude. <laughs> that is what I'm most afraid of. Though there right you there. go. So, oh shit. Going oh and my working god. At nine to five. At so an office you gotta get it. You have to get an office job for a week, and then you quit. Yeah. You can quit at the end. So you go through the fucking. You go motions? through the interview. That was me dying. In that moment. Yeah. You go through the interview. You got to do everything. You got to get a job. You got to work it for a week, and it has to be the most boring fucking job you can find. I I yeah. I have That's, a hard time quitting, so that would be. Dude, and then dramatically quit. You must yes. dramatically quit. Hidden cameras. Yeah. Okay, then I I I can't break up Smash with people either. So phone. do I do I like find date a, someone, no. someone for a week and break oh, up? No, and videotape the that's whole horrible. Thing. <laughs> Absolutely not. Oh, Why don't you just kill puppies? Something. Oh, just you, the same level. That magic. is the same magic. level. Seriously. Puppy <laughs> killing magic. Yeah. Magic. Magic. Yeah. magic. <laughs> oh shit! I forgot to do the switch. Oh. I uh, threw your puppy over the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, damn, I knew that felt heavier than it was supposed to. <laughs> I'm I'm brand new to this Whoa. magic thing. I just started a week ago. We're doing these challenges. He taught and... me. <laughs> Hadlin, like he said. <laughs> he said it would be fine. I don't know. It was, it was a sleight of hand thing. <sighs> I don't know, dude. Here's your puppy. <laughs> God, they had a fully grown German Shepherd. You hand them a puppy. Same dog. I promise Same you. Dog. I made him younger. Same dog. <laughs> time travel. Oh, Eat it. Time the travel. Time travel. Oh. The time traveler. I like. We did a bunch of callbacks. We're we all, did. I think we, did. we like did a full. Yep. Full circle. On I want to mind fuck podcast. people. I want to mind fuck people so hard with some like time travel shit. Like so bad. I love those videos where they do that in public and people are like. What happened? Because they yeah. believe it, right? They yeah. fucking, they're like, what? What? The mystery. Yeah. Miss Tori. Yep. We just need some props. The Miss Tori. Got, you got the day yawns. Hmm? Day yawns. Yeah, yeah, I do. Daytime yawns. I've been yawning lots today. Mm-hmm. 
Good. Yeah, you're getting the chi flow, oxygen coming yeah. in your body. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Getting that flow flowing. The flow flow. I feel like we should wrap, wrap it, it up. up. Yep. How do we? we All rap, right. We're about to wrap it up. 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 Make sure you wrap it up when you have sex with the lady. Do you really want a baby? Maybe you do. Maybe that's your goal right now. If it is, then don't wrap it up. Don't do what we're about to do. Because we about to wrap it up right now. No babies for us right now. Wrap it up right now. Wrap it up. Singer and the hypnotist. Wrapping it up. Now. Weep. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> <laughs>